Hello, everyone, and welcome to the August 16th, 2023 episode of Weekly Manga Recap, where we have no weekly manga to talk about today, but that's okay. We have other things to discuss on our menu. It is worth noting there is a Chainsaw Man, but we're not going to talk about it. Yeah, that's true. Because, you know, we don't want people to like get confused, but it's like, well, you guys are doing a recap of everything except Chainsaw Man or vice versa. It's like, yeah, well, all right, fine, fine. And there are leaks for the new designs in Boruto, which everybody's been clamoring about, but you'll have to wait till next week to hear those delicious thoughts. The only one that I've seen is the one for Serato where it's like, stop it, stop. <laughs> Nick, no more. They can't know how your true feelings are. Does Nick think it's the best design ever? No. Maybe? Wait till next week to find out. No. <laughs> Uh, but we do have a, a manga to talk about today. It's, uh, it's, uh, one that happens, we happen to be ready to discuss it, uh, just at the most perfect time because A, uh, we didn't have any weekly manga to talk about and we kind of need other stuff to talk about today. So, hey, we've got a nice discussion that we can do in place of that. And B, uh, which follows after one. <laughs> Uh, there was a thing that I didn't know about, and you had to tell me, which is that a Vigil fighting game thing happens to happen yeah. just now, I guess. Uh, uh, can, you, last... can you remind me of the terminology of that? <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know it. E Evo, which is the big fighting game tournament uh, that uh, is held like in North America once a year. Uh, it's usually where most of the big fighting game tournaments take place because it is an agnostic arena. Uh, you, you can have Street Fighter, Guilty Gear, all this sort of stuff. There's other tournaments, things like that. Those do exist. But Evo is one of the big ones. And that just happened not this past weekend, but the weekend before that. So it's pretty fresh and recent in memory. And we are talking about a fighting game manga, but not just any fighting game manga. One about young ladies. Is there ladies another one? Who can't be young ladies can't be playing the fighting games. Well, that's just that's just. Now that I say not it, young lady like that, that is not. <laughs> now that I say it, there are mangas for fighting games, not manga about fighting True. games. There's mangas for fighting games. As I know, there's a Street Fighter manga. There is. Uh, I don't know if Guilty Gear, but there's Blaz Blue, Blaze Blue manga as well. Blaz Blue, uh, Blaz Blue, Blaz Blue. I really, I'm like going into Tarjay over there. Uh, I feel like there's another one that has a big manga. That there's got to be. There's got to be a. There's got to be a Tekken uh, yeah. manga. It's sick. Yeah. At the end of it, uh, Heiachi throws uh, Akuma into a volcano, <laughs> which would be sad. That's a, basically his son. I mean, I guess he throws his son into a volcano. <laughs> it sounds like a Bible story. <laughs> I, I, I've spent a lot of time getting interested in fighting games recently, and like part of it was just exploring their lore. And like Tekken does have one of the most wild pieces of like lore, and that it's just one family line that keeps throwing each other off of giant things, like off of cliffs, off of volcanoes, off of helicopters. It's just what they do. Honestly, I think that that might be one of the few complaints I have about the about this series is that the fighting game featured in it doesn't seem to have very deep lore. <laughs> 
And the more that I've learned about fighting games, by the way, listen to our bonus episode where Quinn explains to me the entire plot of the Mortal Kombat franchise. It's a great it's a great lesson and good old time. Uh, and fighting games have stupid backstories yes. or like really big sprawling ones have stupid backstories to them. Uh, you know, even if you get into just like it's like, you know, the the most successful fighting game franchise right now competitively is would be street fighter i you you would think yes the the fight game in this seems to have definitely a lot of nods to street fighter in its It's, uh, basic design it's an amalgam of a lot of different things like it takes influences everywhere but the most the thing it most closely resembles is street fighter but the fighters are just like high school stereotypes. <laughs> well, they're like high school stereotypes, but there is like the idea of a bigger plot going on where it's like, I won't be the student council's pawn anymore. And everyone's shooting lasers. So I yes. imagine there is. I I assume at some point in time, we will meet a character in this series who's just the one lore nerd who's like, I the only, one. yeah, I only play this to see if, you know, Haruba sensei uh, comes back from Iron Senpai 2 so they can continue his storyline, which is how I feel about 99% of fighting game characters. I just want the most obscure and stupid ones to come back over and over. That doesn't sound like you at all. Anyway, Gin from in One Piece is coming back next week. <laughs> He's uh, got to be uh, part of those Holy Knights, Nick. They announced a group as 10 members. Just think percentage-wise. He's a lock for that. <laughs> uh so to get into what this story is about beyond just fighting games and in fairness a lot of it is just it's it's just about fighting games but the greater premise is that uh we start at least to begin with is uh, we start out this story at this uh this high school level academy for young ladies and our main characters uh I, I, I guess our protagonist would be Aya. Yeah. It's kind of hard to tell exactly who it is between her and Mio, the, the second girl. Um, but Aya is this like scholarship student, very, very dedicated, very studious, which she had to be, you know, and to get to get in this prestigious school when she doesn't have a lot of family wealth. Uh, and there is this girl, Mio, who everyone refers to as like Shura Yuri-sama because she is this, you know, perfectly elegant like the image of what you know a young proper lady should be like you know everything that she does is seemingly effortless and beautiful and stuff uh and one day aya comes across her playing a fighting game in an abandoned classroom uh and getting superheated and into it telling her opponent that you know they're a fucking noob and and stuff like that and oh my gosh the secret is exposed but as it turns out, Aya is also a massive closeted fighting game nerd. So, uh, this stuff happens, which it's uh, it's worth reading to see how, you know how the relationship develops at the start. But honestly, you get through it really quickly in order to just get into the main premise of cute high school girls who should not be playing such an unladylike activity as fighting games are playing fighting games and just meeting up in the middle of the night in this one abandoned dorm room at the end of the hall so that they can play fighting games together until all hours of the morning because they're in high school. And when you're in high school, you don't need to sleep. It's a myth. You just gain energy from doing everything else 
in your life. You're like a plant, except yeah. that instead of, you know, like water and sunlight, you subsist on soda yeah. and being mean to each other. Yeah, you, do, you don't photosynthesize, you leak in Parkinson's. I couldn't yeah. think of a, a band that fit in there, but you get what I'm going for. Um, so, yeah, the, the series would be uh, described as sort of... I say it's a fight or it is a sports manga. This this is them participating in a sport and the entire central sort of um, element or, or relationship in this is a rivalry that exists between Aya and Mio and the fact that they both kind of need each other because of their particular relationships to fighting games. We'll talk about that probably a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a comedy. This is a very silly series. This is very out there there's a lot of just good like whiplash humor turn a page mm-hmm. something crazy happens uh the other thing that it constantly gets tagged as is yuri which i suppose technically is true it, it is but but <laughs> if, if at the end of this series like almost all the yuri is treated very tongue-in-cheek comedically it is never really like there's not too many scenes where at the end of it you're like oh Maybe there is something here. More often than not, it's very quickly like a joke of like, hey, bitch, let's fucking <laughs> you ready to get schooled again? Like, you yes. know, stuff like that. So um, keep that in mind if you're like, "Ooh, I can't wait for another sweet Yuri. I, I think this is actually very sweet and tender. And there's uh, an incredible amount of like healthy female relationships in this series. Um, yeah. But I don't know if this is necessarily going to be exactly what you're looking for. If you think Yuri is the predominant factor, it's it's really not. Right. It's it's very different from and I'm not saying this in terms of like a knock against uh, Beauty and the Beast girl, which I, I yes, I did not like it or I didn't care for it. But my the, the 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 stark difference between them is not i'm saying this in terms of quality i'm saying in terms of like approach to like how you use the yuri element that series was much more like you know kind of instant gratification basically every single chapter was focused around like oh the romantic relationship between the two this one there is if you read the whole thing or hell even if you read the first four chapters an undeniable Yuri element and it's an undeniable like at least depiction of the two main characters in terms of like there being a romantic tension between them but you gotta wait for it uh, as far as I know there's the <clears throat> the only payoff it seems like we've gotten so far in the first five volumes which are available to purchase through Seven Seas Entertainment uh it has been that one of them seems to have admitted to themselves that they like the other in that way. Uh, and it hasn't been even mentally stated explicitly. So <laughs> there's maybe something there. Maybe not. <laughs> um, right. So very different tracks and very different pacings on how you get that kind of gratification. But what I, I really love is, uh, even if that's not there, they do kind of take what would be that your relationship and, and turn it into this this sports rivalry, which is, as I mentioned before, like Mio and Aya really kind of need one another because they complement each other's like weird connection to this game in different ways. Uh, Mio is sort of like this prodigy player who is 
extremely easy to frustrate at times. And then she also just innately is just good at the game. She just has the sixth sense for it. And as a result, she's a very frustrating person to play against because she will constantly get better, like even throughout a match. Anytime you can't like develop anything that's like a counter to her, she'll immediately start figuring it out or just get very brazen with what she does. She's just, you know, she's a very good player. And Aya uh, is also a very good player, but she needs to be defeated. That's that's the thing that kind of exists in this series. A lot of her her turmoil comes from a place where when she was a young kid, she was the best at that version of Iron Senpai. I think Iron Senpai 2 was the game they were playing at the, at the time. time. Yeah. Iron Senpai 4 is the game that's currently out uh, in the manga. Um, so she was the best at it, and she beat all the other boys in school to the point where they just they got tired of the game and moved on to something else. You know, moved on to soccer or just moved on to sports activities in general. Yeah. And she was left behind kind of feeling like she didn't have anyone to challenge her. That wasn't like a fun camaraderie. And like the sport became um, a detriment to her, became almost became like a poison. And so there's there's this interesting uh, conflict that she gets in where she she strives to get better. She wants to get better, but she ultimately kind of needs to lose a lot <laughs> like she she you know needs to kind of feel like she's a young kid who's being challenged by people who are as vested in this game as she is the major benefit that she gets from her connection with mio is that yeah she offers that perpetual challenge to her it's that sports rivalry in the most healthy shonen sense where they're constantly pushing each other to get better uh, but Mio doesn't really think of it in those terms. Mio's just like, yay, we're playing fighting games. Yay. <laughs> Mio's <laughs> excited to play with anybody. <laughs> just constantly. Uh, and she's just like, yeah, let's fight. Yay. She's just super, she's very childlike in how uh -huh. she's portrayed a lot of times. She's got very simple wants and desires. Uh, and, um, she, has a lot of just very silly, funny moments because she's so immature in how she demands things. Uh, there is a chapter where it's kind of set up as if it's going to be Mio's tragic backstory before she got into the Academy, uh, which is, you know, and she launches into a full flashback and said one day, my mom took away my game console and locked it up until I would study hard enough to get into a good school. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, I fucking hated studying hate study. so much. I hate studying. <laughs> it's it's great because they, they do... I mean, from the very beginning of this manga, they are trying to tear down like that stereotype that they initially set for Mio, where it's like, oh, the calm, regal beauty. Like, even the name of this manga almost feels like a misdirect at times. Right. Um, because this is old idea of like young ladies shouldn't play fighting games. Every young lady at this school plays fighting seemingly, games. Seemingly, seemingly. Uh, um, it seemed like that was going to be like a source of conflict for a little while, uh, given that, you know, like people are told it's like, ah, you will get in trouble if you are caught playing video games. Spelled and like very, very major. <laughs> for Mio, who like needs to be at this school because it's the only way she'll ever be allowed to play fighting games and then for Aya who's like on a scholarship it's like oh this is very precarious we cannot possibly get expelled but they 
they jump through a window at the beginning of the series in order to escape from, you know, campus security so they don't get caught playing video games. And then it's just like, eh, the two, uh, the two, the two senpais that, you know, monitor their floor are also fighting game nerds. And so they just start playing games together. That, and no it, one it, it is a wild thing. They introduce in like chat in volume two, they're like, Hey, there's these two students uh like there's a student council and they're one of them's kind of strict like it's it's very tense like one of the like one of the girls is out for like evening roll call and she's wearing her pajamas already and like one of them's dressing her down like show yourself a little decorum this is fancy pants academy we don't we don't let you wear a cardigan at least outside dear this is this is absurd so you really do get the idea like oh they're gonna have to like dance around this and like they very quickly are confronted they try to like sneak in to get some games and they're confronted and then they just for both of them they're just like do you like fighting games and i'm like well (laughs) i get some time in on the old (laughs) sticks if you know what i mean and that becomes like the new relationship it, it works because you do get as i mentioned before like they have like a strong like four-person friendship that has yeah. like different dynamics in there and like there's uh, different elements of relationship their personalities are different it's it's very refreshing and nice to see that um but at the same time th- that is a premise that has dropped very quickly <laughs> and the major i think the majority of the series uh that has been released in volume form thus far I think takes place at it, their first tournament together. Yeah. At the, at the uh, current point of the manga, they are still in EX Japan, which is their their this big major tournament going on right mm-hmm. near the school. Uh, so you we get very very heavily into you know sports manga stuff, or I guess in its own way, you know the tournament arc kind of stuff, where you know they're <laughs> meeting they're meeting rivals, uh, including. Some instantly memorable characters and just like you get tastes of like these figures that have tremendous backstory with each other very suddenly. (laughs) You do. It leads to an awesome moment, though. There is a point where during this manga, four matches are happening simultaneously that I was like, I want to know what's happening in every one of these fights right now. Like, I need to. It, it, It works really well as they bounce back and forth. And at the point right now, like they finally, I think, have resolved them. But it was so satisfying, like going through. I think one might still be going. No, I think we don't see the result of one of them. Yeah, because I don't. I think that we see we get an indication of how uh, Taya's uh, match with her sister went, but I don't think we got it for certain. Yeah, because they were just especially because they did, were just having a casual match instead of a tournament match. So. But yeah, it's 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 extremely cool. This is one of the better tournament arcs I've read. Uh, simply because like I'm like shit. This is actually like kind of exciting. Like you have a lot of storylines going on here. Yeah, I'm kind of digging them all. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of di- there's different things happening to each of the characters as they're challenged in different ways. Uh, like Aya is has to have a tournament match against this veteran gamer whom she idolizes because she was like watching him on fighting game streams when she was a kid. Uh, uh, there's this massive breakthrough that Mio makes uh, in her play style. And uh, probably the one who got, had gotten like the least focused at that point, uh, you or uh, what did they call, what did she call stuff like Inu you or something like that. Um, yeah. Who's there. Who's like their senpai. Who's like really laid back and casual. She has this, 
really interesting match against this asshole kid. She fights, <laughs> she fights an absolute gremlin of a child. She is awful and also very tragic. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of great little big, you know, very intriguing backstories in terms of like the way that people, uh, you know, relate to the game and how it helps then how it kind of has, has defined their relationship with other people. Um, like you were talking about earlier, how for Aya it defined like, you know, the friend group that she had when she was young and why she didn't have a friend group afterwards because everyone stopped playing the game with her. And now, you know, she's in this much healthier place because suddenly she at this school, she, Hey, discovered this, you know, small, but very passionate and very supportive group of friends who just, you know, like hanging out with each other and playing games together. And she's, you know, starting to really excel in that part of her life again. Uh, and there is, you know, this there's this thing where like uh, one of their one of their other characters uh, has this uh, big sister inferiority complex that she's trying to deal with. Uh, and it's just all really nice to just like have this stuff that is presented in a way that is intriguing and like you want to find out what, what's going to happen to all of them and, and, and everything the and like you were saying before as well it's also just really funny uh, a lot of the time there is this great conversation where a lot of where like two different antagonistic forces kind of come across the group at the same time there is said gremlin character uh, and said older sister character uh, who both butt heads with different members of the group at the same time. And as part of that, uh, the gremlin girl throws her food at Mio when she, when, when they're having an argument and Mio s says, you're a big stupid doo-doo head. Cause she does. <laughs> it's, it's one of the best. The, the, I know the, the quote you're going for. Uh, it's when they first meet the gremlin girl. And she's talking shit about Aya because Aya had like this whole speech about what this tournament was. And, also, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it wasn't like, let's win it all. It was kind of like, look, you're here. This is what the sport, this is what we love. Don't go in expecting to win. Go in expecting to play games and to be enriched at the end of it. And the grandma girl's like, what a fucking noob ass thing to say. Yeah. And Mio comes in to try to defend her and like forgets her point midway through. And she's like, uh. You're a stinky doo-doo. It's, it's, it's so good. It's like a full page. And like one half is her just be like, uh, uh, you're a stinky doo-doo poo-poo. And the other half's like, what? It's legitimately one of the funniest And every, Everyone's turns. like, what what the hell? And the little and just this this kid who's even younger than her is like, ah, oh, how dare you? It's it's very funny because it does capture this Mio character, which sometimes she just loses her train of thought and she gets very distracted. One of the other ones I really enjoy is like they're 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 teaching one of the older students to play the game. Yeah. You know, and the older one's like, I don't think I should do this. And I as like no, you're going to shut the fuck up and you're going to do this because if you don't, you will never have a chance to beat any of us. You can play us anytime you want, but you're not good enough. Every game against is going to be zero. And then one girl's like, zero? The number invented in India by some man in India? And Mia's like, oh, tell me more about that. Just <laughs> it's just like, all right. Just completely off the rails immediately. Uh, but they're... Yeah, there's this moment and this girl gets pissed off at Mio, throws her food at her, 
And for some reason, Mio does this perfect wax on wax off block. <laughs> but because she does that, she tosses the bowl directly into Inui's head. And so it's just sitting there in her head. And then the older sister bully character comes along, confronts Tia about about stuff like, oh, what are you doing here? Losing fighting games again. And he's like trying to stand up to her and she's still got the plate of food on her head. It's great. A character later on is like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. I thought you were just so uh, uh, some obnoxious influencer who walk around with a plate of food on their head. Like, no. And she still doesn't take the food off her head. Uh, the series is also really good at just getting big and weird like kind of that way you want a sports manga to be where it gets extreme characters get hyped up and they'll yeah. do dramatic things not there is more than one character to get themselves in the mindset of the game takes their uh fight pat and slams themselves <laughs> in the it. like it is it happens multiple times and when characters win they get big dramatic reactions they get excited they get pumped like this is like a big deal for them and I think that really helps to, like, capture, like, even if you don't know why fight, like, if you don't have, like, an interest in fighting games, you maybe don't even understand these mechanics or stuff like that that they're talking about. I, I'd like to think you're still able to get some level of, like, intrigue into this series because it's just, it, it's able to capture just raw emotion a lot of the times. And I, I think that works to the series benefit. Uh, it uses a lot outside of fighting games as well as the aforementioned jumping through a classroom window yes um, but like it's just it's just good at capturing big moments uh i do think that sometimes it does get a bit too technical very in the weeds at times uh like i mean look the way that the action falls fortunately you know you like we get you get a lot of shots of like how the action is actually unfolding on the screen in terms of like, okay, here's the situation that they're in. You know, one character is pinned in the corner. They've got really low health. They're desperately blocking everything. So you get, it's very easy across like, this is the desperation of the situation. In uh, a, a lot of the action at its basic level is easy to grasp, but then there'll just be these, really long explanations of like let me tell you about what block walking is <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh there's like i've been following a lot of fighting games and uh i've i've spent ample time at the fighting game glossary which uh, is a very helpful thing because fighting games just have so many terms that got uh, constantly get thrown about it took me forever to figure out what a a, a shoto character was and then uh there's another term i can't remember it's like evolving a k uh but it was like oh it's a character with multi-stage like combo that has like chains and stuff like going on and people just throw that term around a lot so there's a lot of that where people will just be like uh yeah they're doing chip damage or you know like oh yeah they're block walking like oh they're doing cancel hit medium kick hit confirms and like if you read the volumes uh, the author, uh, Eri Ijima, does put, um, like, glossary details in there and also include, like, stuff from just, like, general fighting game culture as well, which uh, is appreciated. But there are, I imagine this is one that is a slight bit impregnable at times if you don't follow fighting games because there's not a ton of hand holding. 
This isn't it, like it, this isn't I Shell Twenty One, which is like no. <laughs> in the seventh fucking match, they're like, "Here's what a touchdown is," just in case you forgot. <laughs> It's it does definitely like n- throw you in the deep end and expect you to swim. Uh, it, it's it, there's not a lot of like oh stuff is built up because like even when in the, in the early stages of the manga, when they're having that you know like oh go and train this one move, the way that they talk about it yeah. is jargon, <laughs> just so much jargon. And it's like, all right, I got the basic idea of what they're saying that she needs to do, but there is no understanding of, like, how this fits together. And honestly, even like, oh, set this on training mode. It's like, well, I guess it's just like she's got to know how to time when to do this one combo, I guess. I don't know exactly what it it applies to, but I kind of get it. Mm -hmm. And... I think that at times it's a little bit too much, but at the same time, I do think that there is something to be said for how genuine a lot of the uh, focus on those little things is in terms of making this feel like, no, 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 this feels like, you know, a fighting game thing about about people who are really, really passionate about fighters and in particular pro scenes for fighting games uh, there is a chapter that is all about the latest patch to yeah. the game and how it's going to affect them because certain characters are buffed uh, and certain characters are nerfed. And you see the different people because something that is very nice is that thus far, all the characters main one fighter. Yeah. So, so they're very identifiable to that character. Um, and so I, uh, you know, mains one character and she's like ah it's been nerfed yeah. and me mio's gets buffed and she's like oh and what's this new skill and because there's this new skill that the character has she keeps on trying to use it and and all of her friends are like that skill's garbage it, it's the, the risk reward is not good you're just losing for no reason and i is really mad at her because it's not as fun to play anymore because she keeps on pulling out this garbage move on her and then of course it plays into a big dramatic moment for her in the tournament itself it's really satisfying when it happens so i i have my hang-ups about some little things about this series but they are little specks amidst a giant canvas that I can't help but look at and be amazed by that something like it exists. This is first off a series. I didn't think that we would ever actually really get in, in terms of, you know, like this was a thing that you were pitching years ago. Like, Oh, you know, a sports series about competitive gaming. Uh, and we've got that. And it's got a primarily female cast of all different types of characters who all have different sorts of relationships to each other. And all the, despite the title, it doesn't rely too heavily on the whole, like, oh, what are girls doing playing video games and stuff? It's really just so that, you know, all the male NPCs around them can be like, oh, a girl is playing. Oh. Yeah, it basically, if, you, if you're a named character, you respect and understand that anyone, <laughs> like, you know, regardless of gender or any 
any definable factor can play fighting games. But they do touch upon the fact that, like, once a woman gets onto the stream, immediately yeah. chat starts, like, objectifying them and being real, yeah. <laughs> real weird. So I do appreciate that there's, like, a level of acknowledgement there. But, yeah, you don't have to, like, go in and be like, oh, is this going to be, like, depressing? Like, no, this is just four girls. More than that, I guess, actually, considering a lot of their rivals are also women who are just playing fighting games. And it's cool. Also, there's Despite two, all- like, Yankee guys who get into yes. a big fight. And, like, as that fight reaches its crescendo, they get into a footsie match with both of them yeah. are, like, really low health. And it is categorized as them revving their engines <laughs> against one another on their motorcycles. It's a game of chicken. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid and awesome. Oh, man. The fact that they're the, the two big uh, figures in that tournament are like, oh, these are the two really, 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 you know, skilled players that they're going to have to, you know, come up against in the tournament. And they're both like, for some reason, Yankees. Like, I, I don't know why. Is that a big thing? It, it, I guess it's that's probably more of a Japanese thing is to be like, hey, this is like kind of the result. Because there, there's an element that is somewhat discussed. It's not entirely like uh, covered through. But the idea that gaming, fighting game, fighting gaming in general has taken a very dramatic shift. That these are two people who existed back at the time when there were arcades and arcade club culture. And if you read the volumes, uh, he talks about this a little bit, how she was almost tempted to make this a manga about arcade clubs. But she's like, huh. I got into fighting games later and I didn't feel like I could authentically cover what so many hmm. people told me is like a wild time where like chairs were being thrown at people and stuff like that. Uh, but it also does start to like, show on the idea that this these like old school players are starting to have to just accept that a bunch of people are getting into it because it's popular yeah. and esports and all that sort of stuff now and you know i think it's kind of cool that they're acknowledging these two different time periods like as we mentioned like iron senpai is kind of an analog for street fighter except the thing it doesn't have iron senpai 2 is shown on a ps4 disc it doesn't cover that period of like almost a decade where capcom just didn't release any more games because they fucked yeah. things up too bad uh it's it is kind of funny that the most gatekeepery character is even younger than the main cast yeah. of characters because <laughs> she keeps on calling them all like you're all just fucking filthy casuals look at you all having friends <laughs> friends who distract you from playing video games more <laughs> you don't even know uh one thing i also found uh mildly amusing is they ask the one uh uh, the one fighting game guy, Gekido, I think is his name or something like that. Gekido, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they ask him like, oh, who's your like favorite uh, player and all these sorts of things. And uh, it's very amusing to me because he's like, I want to face, uh, I forget the, the person's name, but the, the Spike, I think he calls him like, ah, yes, the, the big player in America. And then you yeah, look at it yeah. and you're like, America is not the top <laughs> it's like in fact most of the the countries that get named are not they're not bad but there's uh quite a lot of different countries that like have representation that don't get thrown out there uh that i found rather amusing yeah i mean i guess that it it, kind of makes sense that japan might shortchange korea (laughs) i think it's just the idea you're like america (laughs) would be involved in esports and they're just a big country so let's, that's let's basically it, it, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, 
I don't know who to recommend this series to, uh, but uh, I'm in the group. Uh, I, I loved the <laughs> hell out of this manga. Uh, this is one of my favorite things I think that we have ever covered for the wow. show. It's a unique entity, uh, certainly. And I don't know how to explain why, but it works really, really well. Uh, I do think that it would be nice if we got kind of more of a balance of the elements instead of like kind of going hard on one thing and then hard on another thing. If there was maybe a bit, bit more of a mix, like I said, we've been in this like this tournament that, they, that they've been in for a little while now. And I do kind of miss some of the elements that were in just when the girls were just kind of like at the school and hanging out and doing a bit more just like regular life stuff. Uh, and it would be nice if we got more of a mix of that. But there is still a lot of character stuff that is happening that is still really nice. Uh, and it's nice to see also like, hey, there's like some sort of direction in terms of like where each of the four girls are kind of going and what is kind of like driving them right now and what they want to yeah. do. Uh, and not just in relation to, you know, playing games, but also just like, you know, in general, like, uh, you know, one character doesn't just want to like get good at games. She wants to have something that she can be better than her sister at, just like anything, uh, you know, and Aya doesn't just want to like have a cool rivalry with Mio. She wants Mio to be really, really good because she admires and loves her. She needs, uh, she needs that spark to help her ignite herself i think she has a quote early on where she's like why do your eyes shine like diamonds and she's just like well i think if you're passionate about something don't just naturally kind of sparkle and she's like yeah, damn I, I need that i need that i, I gotta i gotta get back to the thing that'll you know let me be that way uh and it's all really compelling stuff some of the fights are actually really 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 cool uh, like the one uh, that Mio has where where she pulls out that garbage move <laughs> at a really cool time. Uh, and I, it's also just seemingly like really well researched and apparently like really legitimate in terms of a lot of the stuff uh, that it portrays. So it's just really, really good. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very glad that we read it. Yeah, I, I I do think that I have to like go in with a caveat of like I love this series and it it hits on so many things that I love and have wanted to read. Uh, so I'm going to be super biased. I don't think this is going to necessarily be for everyone. We're talking about a sports manga, which already yeah. we are like super biased for. True. Um, <laughs> and then you, you make it even more niche, and it's like actually it's an esport about fighting games. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily going to be everybody's cup of tea. Uh, but I do think this is a fun series that I think a lot of people will have fun as they read. I did see that this is announced to get an anime, um, but that happened back it, in 2021. I haven't heard anything else about yeah, it. Yeah, and, and who knows what that what that means in terms of like timetables. There was also a live action drama uh, adaptation. Yeah. Uh, earlier this year but so. this is this is a monthly series so you know you get your chunks as they come out mm -hmm. um but i have a ton of fun with this series it's actually one of the few manga i'm reading where like the english release is, is like pretty close to everything else i think it's like six months out or something like that uh, unlike shy which i recommended also last week and then someone in discord's like america's only up to volume four they're up to like volume 20 everywhere else 
right so, right at uh, least yeah at least with the uh, official english english release the yeah the english volume is not too far behind the japanese yeah um although we're not getting another volume until march so sad yeah, that's a bummer <laughs> but uh, it is still very good I, I would recommend checking it out i do think there's also a lot of story left to tell they only introduced the vice yeah. prince or the vice uh president of the student council so i assume the president also plays fighting games and they'll have to encounter her once they get back to the school or something like that it's gonna be some sort of thing where it turns out just like, it's like oh gaming is forbidden and and literally every girl at the school has their own fighting pad <laughs> by the way that's that is a great thing uh, as well is that every girl has had just has their own personal you know fighting pad to yeah. play games because they're all hardcore fighting gamers. Uh, one other small character I enjoy a lot is uh, Aya's roommate, who uh, a couple times uh, Aya sends away because she needs to play. Mia. Yeah. So this character fully completely believes that the two of them are Absolutely. in a relationship. And every time she tries to broach it, Aya is just in her our fucking mind palace practicing combos. It's one of my favorite early details is that Aya just, when she's not playing games against Mio, is just spending every spare thought that she has simulating battles against her in her head. <laughs> And then Mio shows up having thought of nothing all day and just like, yay, <laughs> I'm better than you. You're like, God damn it. So, yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, and I, I honestly, I don't care if you guys like her. because <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I'm looking forward to more. Go buy the volumes. Uh, Seven C's. You can find them there. It's good stuff. Hey, guys. We uh, don't have any weekly series to talk about today, but we did bug you all to send us in some questions to answer. So let's head over to doing some Q&A. Hooray! Yip hip hooray. Hip hip hooray. Uh, yeah, do you want me to start this off? Yeah, I guess so. Sure, yes. we got a question here from Jelly Elson. Uh, it says, as a nod to Toriko, what would be your full course of anime slash manga? If you haven't got enough series for a full course, that's okay. Maybe someday you'll find a series that complete it. So this is interesting. I do think mm -hmm. a manga full course is slightly different from a food full course. Um, yeah. But I, I am going to try to play with it uh, and say like, all right, so like appetizer salad you want something a little light but satisfying uh something that's going to be enjoyable so that's where i'm thinking a good spot for like a good comedy would be and maybe that's where i'd get something like hmm. Hmm. trying to think what's a comedy i'd really enjoy in there not amanda's cat that's too sad i'm gonna be crying <laughs> crying over appetizers again <laughs> they won't they'll never let me back at that <laughs> applebee's um <laughs> Hmm. So, uh, I, I I can go ahead and tell okay. you that I don't have like an actual structure to mine. It's just going to be like you know, kind of. This will be more of a like you know, manga to to get to know me kind of thing, I okay. guess. Uh, I show twenty one, mm -hmm. like that's got to be in there. Uh, World Trigger, mm -hmm. uh, because despite everything, like I mean, I, uh, that's the one that means a lot to me. Uh. Let's see. Oh, gosh. I feel like I would be being dishonest to myself if Bleach were not in there. 
and it's not as a matter of like oh this is one of my favorite things but it's a matter of like this is a it's a thing that's like it's core yeah to me um i feel like my hero would have been on there at one point and i don't think that you can take stuff off off of your your your, your <laughs> yeah full once core, the so little animation goes on to like can't take it, it off there. there it's it's yeah. in there so I think it's still in there, even though unless I, feel like I think kind of Sunny can kick bit. it off. Sunny can kick it away. Right. It wasn't locked in and before before yeah. he did that. Uh so I don't know. Um let's see. I do feel like I do need something kind of funnier in there I, as I, well. I think this is not the best example of a comedy, but it's one I think I do enjoy on that level of it being very light, which would be like a me and Roboco. Uh, where mm-hmm. I do just get to have something that's, you know, light and silly and make it fun of, makes fun of something I know about. And then I kind of want to just play with genres. I, it had to be One Piece for like a battle manga. Uh, I think for something that captures something a little horror, I do like Meiruko Chan. Um, I think for sports, it would probably be Ice Shield 21, although Haikyuu might be like right alongside it at this point. Um, Until I get that. I think you'd have to put World Trigger in there somewhere. And then, like, when you get to the end, I feel like you just want something that you can relax to. And it's, it's obviously too soon to do something like this. Like, I was going to be like, young ladies, don't play fighting. I don't know if it's necessarily that uh, slam dunk. But I, I do think, like, something light, which I there are a lot of options for that. Um you know, even like that, maybe that's where a man and his cat is. You can cry over dessert. At that point, you've already eaten all the foods. So they can't kick you out of the restaurant. <laughs> Again, Applebee's. <laughs> that's another lesson I learned there. Uh, please don't tease me, Nagatoro. Oh. Uh, that, I think that would be one for me. That's just something that I think, like, especially because, like, that's a series that now I, I watch the anime with Nicole. So it also means more to me now because it's like it's a really weird series that we both you know enjoy watching together um I, in, oh in in pairing with that i think my version of that would be uh comey can't communicate because that's yeah, a series that's a that i i think yeah. was like nice and easy digestion at the end right and and that's i think that that is the nice thing about having the approach of like i don't necessarily know about like laying things out in order but yeah having not it's not just like oh these are my favorite things it's like different things that like mean kind of like that core thing to me uh so you know it's like oh you know like my favorite series like my full course what ha- or if you, if you will would be i shield 21 but it's like oh, i'm not just gonna say like oh and everything else that is just like it it's like it was like well no this is like you know one of my favorite comedies this one i feel like honestly like I think it is a little bit too recent for me to say like blue box or uh, something like that would be on there, but like, it's definitely on its way there right now with how consistent it's been and how, how it presents that particular element of like that heartwarming, just very sweet romance uh, that, that it does. Uh, so yeah, and I, it would be a little bit easier if I could if I could say if I could legitimately say something like Yu Gi Oh, but it's like it's not the manga that does that for me though. <laughs> yeah. So can't really do that. I might echo what Credo Prime is saying. World trigger is the dessert, if only because you never finished dessert. So the fact that it's, it's incomplete is actually very fitting. <laughs> and for my dessert, uh, Detective Conan. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's a big dessert. Yeah, like and a side of skip beat, if you would. <laughs> <laughs> My God, that one's still going to you, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, we might have to go back to that when that actually finishes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think we need to go back to it. I've been quietly reading it to myself. Really? Just like buying volumes every so often. Uh, I've forgotten it for a while and I had to get back on yeah. it. But it is wild how many... I was up to like 16, 17 volumes. I'm like, we haven't even gotten to the point where we no. finished it in the podcast and there's still over Oops. half of this series left. Like, I know I'm getting close to where we stopped. But there's still so much more left. Right. The fact that there's 12 more years after that point is just yeah. <laughs> hard to wrap your head around. Uh. Okay. Yeah, good question. I feel, I feel like that's, yeah, that, it, 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 definitely a good thought exercise. All right. Uh, question from uh, Ninja X3i. Uh, it's a multi-part question. Uh, one. What battle series in the recap, past or present, would you want to see a non-battle series spinoff for? And vice versa. So, like, a battle series you want to see a non-battle spinoff, and a non-battle series you want to see a battle spinoff of. So, it's tough, because battle, I feel like, comes very close to, like, also covering adventure series. Like, not necessarily ones that have, like, fights as the primary thing, but, like, you know, conflict and combat would be a factor. Not necessarily, like, we're squaring off, we have developed techniques. But if it was the idea of an adventure series, I do think the Toriko world had a lot of, like, cool, weird world building to it. That would be fun to just see a character try to survive. Kind of like, hey, you know, we got the pufferfish. But then, you know, or we got the century suit, but Tommy Rod doesn't show up at the end of it for a big fight. They're just like, hey, it was just really tough to get this soup or whatever. No, I totally get that. Yeah, um, it's I, I consider a battle series to be something where fighting is a major component of it. And I think that the line that I would have the difficulty uh, determining it would be a series like Spy Family, mm -hmm. where it's like, well, fighting does happen in this. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would call it a battle series. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, d I agree with that. Um, spy Family. Would you want to see a more battle-oriented Spy Family? Nah. Because we got a little bit of a taste with that when, like, Yor was on right. the boat and stuff like that. But, yeah. I, I like the balance that it strikes more when it leans towards the comedy. And I think that that is kind of a thing that it's like... That actually helps me to, you know, like answer that in terms of like, well, wait, we've seen when the series becomes more of a battle series and not always, and it doesn't always work. So I prefer it being more silly. So, um, let me see. Where's some, where's some like non battle stuff that we've, this, that we've, covered? this is, this might be wrong. This might be wrong to say. But for a non battle series to become a battle series, I'd almost be curious to see the promised Neverland to actually go through with it and just have this idea that Emma has to fight these monsters or whatever, or like Ray or somebody like that. You'd have to change a lot of the philosophy of the series. Right. But in that way that like, it felt like seven characters had to work together to like defeat Luvis. Like if you just played more into that, like, Oh my God, they're these big crazy battle like creatures. We have to find a way to like, try to like overcome them with wits and stuff like that. And it doesn't have to necessarily be like people start shooting energy blasts or anything, but this idea of like creating more structure around that. 
No, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I, I, I see your point, um, and I feel <laughs> I think it's bad. <laughs> I feel like for that to work, you would actually have to revisit the whole uh, like saving everyone thing. Mm-hmm. And then actually follow through on it. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike what they did, where it was just like, oh no. Now those guys wanted died. to die. They they weren't they, they they were actually robots and it's okay to I guess we'll just, die. you know, keep going like nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> no. Ted Morty question mark. Oh the the guy with the hat. Oh. <laughs> ah, I love that guy. He was my favorite. Uh, remember, remember when Ted was hanging out with us in this bunker, and he did that thing. <laughs> he did that thing. Oh, that thing was so cool. Oh, thank God that the uh, fourth most important character, that girl who came with us to get the medicine, didn't die. <laughs> Whoa, we're gonna shit on uh, Anna like that? What was her name? Shit. What was her name? <laughs> uh, the girl with hat promised Neverland. <laughs> No, no, no. That was uh, what Gil- Jillian, I think it Jillian, was. Not her. Yeah. Oh, Not her. okay. No, the uh, the girl who was like the fourth most popular. Oh, the um, oh, God. Not Phil. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to look up. I know the one you're talking about now, and I'm like, I can't for the life of me remember their name. <laughs> uh, Goldie Pond. They were one of the Goldie Pond characters, right? No, no, she was she was part of the Gracefield kids. Uh, she <laughs> oh was there forever, God. and she never did she never did anything. <laughs> um. Oh my goodness, Gracefield House kids. What have we done? <laughs> I'm like trying to. These are the characters who were shipped out. This is the orphan. There was another one with a hat. No, no, she didn't have a hat. Uh, it was uh. Was it? Hang on. Oh, oh, no, it is it the her. one who was shipped with the guy who was all, Gilda? The one who was shipped with Don? Like, they were like, we're also. No, 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 story. not her. <laughs> not her, Quinn. Damn. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, the only other on. ones I've seen are Anna. I think oh it's Anna. God. I forgot that they had a black character named Jemima. <laughs> I really, that was a detail my brain had forgotten about. It was Anna. I'm thinking of Anna. She was like the fourth most popular character in one of the polls, and she never did anything. God. <laughs> anyway, if you ever needed, if you ever needed further extrapolation, why the Promised Neverland started to get bad. Uh. <laughs> uh so there it is. There is my take on your answer. Thank you. <laughs> we would have to stick to an actual philosophy in order for that to work. Oh, I, I Ninja didn't specify that, so I can I can rewrite the manga to be good, right? Oh, <laughs> I, okay. I can just, I can well, just make it better. Series, if we're rewriting series to be good, Sakamoto <laughs> days. Oh my god! Damn, <laughs> Nick's ruthless. Sorry, let me just put, let me put those away. Let me put let me put both barrels away. <laughs> um, honestly, I think for something to, for like to take have a take as a battle series that I think might be interesting. What about I think like Nisekoi might uh, 
be interesting because it did have like That's some battle right. elements kind of because you know like chitoge was weirdly physically strong and sugumi was an assassin and there was yeah. also Clyde? paula paula I paulo, I think was, paulo was a character yeah paula oh. white or something like that i think it was or i Claude, mean it was basically I think that. It was the, the um guy. so you know like maybe just like make it a full-on like all the girls that are into uh into uh ichiraku i think was his name uh raku raku ichijo yeah uh like just like all the girls who are into raku are various like crazy martial arts girls or or have like you know unique powers and stuff and they get into like you know fighting situations and i'm just describing negima i was gonna say nick i feel like we're coming (laughs) very close to another franchise <laughs> Pretty sure that is just flat up Nekiba, except that I haven't pitched Raku as being a mage kid. He can still be a mafia boss, okay? That's how we distinguished. <laughs> uh any battle series that you wish that you would want to see a non-battle series version of? Um hmm. I mean Again, it's a, if you're willing to let me very much blend what is defined as a battle manga, if we just kept Bleach to like before a thousand Shinigami got introduced and it was just right. about fighting ghosts, that's still, I guess, pretty much a battle manga, though. Um, no, no, that's a, yeah, I get that. We could finally get to know, you know, some of the other characters that were in that class, uh, like 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 uh, like Kunieda the uh, president who was also part of the track and field club. I assume you made up a character just now. I did not make that up. There is in fact a scene where she, it's like the only scene where she does anything. They, she and her friend Michiru uh, come across Cohen while he's in his plush body and he tries to run away from them. And she's like, you won't get away from me. Oh, and she sprints after him. is she the, the girl who's like aggressively lesbian? That's, it, that's a Chizuru. different one. Yeah, that's Chizuru. That's okay. Yeah, Bleach had a nice cast before <laughs> they went to Soul Society. It's just, yeah. it's just... <laughs> um, uh, yes, this that was that was just me flexing while te- while Tekking's not around. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> it's just me seeing over there. Like, remember Whoop Slap? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a good answer. Um, I, I I think I would just go with My Hero Academia. Honestly, um, yeah. I think that I, I I think that that's an easy answer because there's so many people who just like just want to see like one A kids do stuff together and don't really care about all this one for all, all for one bullshit. Nick so. just wants sky high. Honestly, I, <laughs> you say that that's a great movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that is true. Uh, I, I would not call Chizuru a nice character, no. Uh, she was... So I said aggressively. Problem- she was not a... She was problematic as sin. So. Yeah. Uh, There's uh, a question two here. Yes, there is a, a second question uh, from from Ninja here. I just have to opt to something else, sorry. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, how would a meeting between Edwin... <laughs> How would a meeting between Edwin Madara, Foghorn Leghorn Yuhabak, Maguchan, Hashtag Ray, 
and Kitora and Osamu from World Trigger to My Heart and Back Door go. So specifically the versions of Kitora and Osamu from World Trigger to My Heart and Back Door. So all those characters meet up. What would they talk about? Well, Nick, I think it would go a little something like this. Oh my goodness! I don't remember what Madara did. I'm, I'm Edwin, and I have magic eyeballs. That's what Madara did, I think, right? I'm also Ladros from Black Clover. <laughs> uh, I say, I say, I've also got the magic eyeballs. In fact, I've all, I've got plenty of magic eyeballs. My entire face is a magic eyeball, if you will, son. Oh my god, you guys talking about magic eyeballs? Are you not talking about magic brains that can remember all of their baby memories? <laughs> what fucking losers? What fucking saps? Can these baby memories provide me with <laughs> with, with sustenance and nutrients? Oh my god! <laughs> that ooze on the ground is talking! I knew I shouldn't have gotten into slime. Are you all here for the orgy? <laughs> you all have to be quick because my boyfriend, my other boyfriend Zapdos, will be here soon. Oh, I don't like it when Zapdos shows up. My hair stands in the back of my head. Also, I get a seizure. <laughs> Not from the electricity, but from his monster cock. <laughs> there you go. That was that was all the popular characters. They showed up and they had a good time. And then a uh, meteor fell on them. Yeah, they're all dead now. Yes, <laughs> that's canon now. <laughs> uh, we got. Uh, thank you. Good question, Sandra. Uh We got something here from Carito Prime, who says a new Q and A must be 2024 already. Gotcha, bitch. It's 2023 still. Uh, this time, I have two questions for you. A couple years ago, Viz released an all-in-one edition of Death Note with all 100 chapters in a single volume, and the thing sucked ass because it's only as thick as three regular volumes with a metric volume of two regular volumes. That said, my two questions are, one, what is the most you've ever been disappointed in a special edition, either a manga or piece of media, or two, if you could get a thick, girthy, heavy-ass all-in-one release of any manga series, what would that be? Personally, I think a massive full metal brick that you could use to kill a man would be cool. Interesting. Um, I don't go in for collecting things. Uh, mm -hmm. So special editions, collector's editions and stuff. Like I just kind of like see the stuff and I'm like, all right, that's cool. If I own it already, I'm not getting it again. If I didn't own it, it's because it already wasn't something I was interested in getting, and it being a special edition is probably not going to influence me to get it. Uh, if there is ever a special edition of Aisho 21, then that will mean that there is a manga of Aisho 21 that I can get, so yes. I'll get that. <laughs> My special edition is very much the same way. Like, if I could get any one thing as a special edition, it's just like the manga that are notoriously difficult to get nowadays. Uh, I would just mm -hmm. want Eye Shield 21 pretty much. And then if I could get like a like convenient way to have, I don't even want a physical version. I want a special collector's digital version of 20th Century Boy so I could just read it. I, I just want to mm -hmm. read it again. Um, but as for a series, like a special edition, something I'm also like you, I don't tend to buy it. But I was a super big Mass Effect fan. So when Mass Effect 3 came out, I got the Steelbook version of it. And I always regretted that decision. One, because Mass Effect 3 
wasn't particularly good. Uh, but also because it fucked with my mind because it was the only steel book in my list of games. Every game had like a uniformity to them and it was all fucked up because there was just this big gray <laughs> slab in the middle that's yeah. like, no, that's Mass Effect 3. It doesn't I say totally it on the outsider. It just looks bad. So, yeah. Yeah. As, as someone who likes to have who likes to organize things like this was a thing that I didn't realize was weird about me until like very much more recently in my life uh, is just that I like to just like have a bunch of uniform things and then just yeah. sort them. Yes. Uh, that would drive me insane to have the one thing that I could not freely put in like oh alphabetical order or release order or anything like that it would just stand out like a sore thumb so i absolutely understand that fucked with you yeah yeah uh i do have actually a story about my worst special <gasps> edition because this is just kind of an embarrassing youth story for nick Ooh, I uh, love those. there was uh some birthday or christmas or something we were gifted a like anniversary edition of the jungle book the disney film Okay. Uh, it was long enough ago that it was on VHS. So it was probably something like, you know, the 35 year anniversary of the movie or something like that. Not even like a particularly special anniversary for it. But, you know, it so it was this VHS. We got the packaging and stuff. And I was like, oh, new movie. And I opened it up and went in to watch it. And my parents were really upset with me or my mom was really upset with me because she was like, we already have the Jungle Book on VHS. <laughs> we could have returned that. <laughs> there is nothing important on that tape that is worth us keeping. We were just going to get 20 bucks for it. <laughs> so, so that's my most disappointing special edition because <laughs> I don't have a lot that I would have ever bothered to purchase them again in the first place. Good. Good little Nick tail there. Uh, there is a second part of this thing, which I don't enjoy because Carino Prime said two questions, gave us two questions, and then it's like, oh, one more thing. Like, all right, Uncle from Jackie right. Chan, chill out. Second, <laughs> we are reopening the Cancel Manga relocation program for orphanage characters. So if you could take any character from a canceled recap series and put them in one currently running series, who and in what series would you put them in? For me, I would take Baloo from Red Hunter and put him in, uh, I guess, Blue Box, so I have a reason to read that series. All right. Uh, interesting. Okay. Uh, oh, let me look at our can list of canceled series in here, because we've got this. I have to very... remember the character's yeah. name, uh, but I would say... Uh, yeah, Ab Abaku Inagumi from Gakyohote and put them into Cypher Academy. Like, it'd be very yes. curious to see this character in there. That would be a great combination. That sounds like a phenomenal idea. That's a good one. Uh, oh, and Maku-chan. I don't count Maku-chan as a canceled series the same way, though. No, not, not in the, not in the same But I want way. more Maku-chan. Does that also a valid answer? I guess. I mean, you can... <laughs> claim it is yeah. um oh let's see here let me scroll back a little ways to uh, mm, ninja has a good one Gavaldin from neolation put them somewhere else 
Uh, Guardian of the Witch, High School Family. Uh, God. Uh, about Hell Warden Haguma? Uh, Haguma, Nick, you love that series. Don't remind me. Uh, <laughs> Nick, what about Noah's notes? You could bring back one of the characters from Noah's notes. Uh, was that a thing we read? <laughs> we, that was back when uh, we just got like three chapters of a series and we got three chapters of Noah Notes right. and it didn't come back. Right. You know, Lation, Last Sayuki. Eh, there were some nice characters in Last Sayuki, but I don't know. I don't, I don't have anything that I feel like I'm super like passionate about. I'm not going to cope with a better idea than like bring someone in from Gakuhote. So, yeah. Anyone from Gakuhote and put them in Cypher Academy, honestly. So. Yeah. Good um, questions, Corito. Yeah, great, great. Let's uh, go on to the next one. This is from Ota. Dear Nick It and Quinn Quaval. Let's hope I remember to put more than one question this time. One, if Earth Child was allowed to run for 100 chapters, that's a great way of putting that. If Earth Child was allowed to run for 100 chapters. <laughs> Uh, where do you think the plot would go? That's I mean, kind of that's an interesting way of looking at things. They start off by going to space. Where do you <laughs> go from there? I do think there are stock things you could go for that wouldn't be particularly creative, like evil organization, and then since we already established Earth Children exist, just an evil Earth child. Like those just feel like kind of easy concepts to like throw in there. But none of them feel particularly inspired, which is never something I could accuse Earth Child of. It was always very distinctly stupid in its own way. Absolutely. So yeah. Um Okay, so we have a. Uh... Kind of, kind of a two-parter to this question. Nick, you come up with a, a negator ability, but then Quinn gets to come up with the tragedy to go with it, Ooh. and vice versa. Ooh, ooh. Uh. Okay. Uh. uh I, I literally am looking at a list of unwords just to give myself <laughs> some ideas for this. Okay. Just hang on. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm gonna ruin this now. Un ununderstanding. <laughs> un 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 under. So it would negate your ability to understand. It would yes. Uh, it would um negate the ability to comprehend, which would actually uh be a great counter to a lot of negator abilities because interpretation and understanding is a lot of what defines how they work, as we've seen as people's abilities have evolved. Oh uh, I mean this one's simple then. It's that like you're working this is Nick in this universe of course has like a high profile right. uh construction job. Uh, one of those things where like you have giant pieces of machinery around uh, and it activates and your employee no longer remembers how to act like operate this giant crane and it drops a piano onto I was going to say your dog, but you hate dogs. So I guess you're uh, like, all right. I can, I can live with I can live with this. <laughs> no, it's going to be a cat in this scenario. Oh, no, it's got to be horrifying. This, this horrible tragedy. <laughs> No matter what on you throw at me, somehow your cat's getting crushed by an anvil at the end of this. <laughs> oh, um, I would say 
unimaginable. So it's a it's just kind of like a defiance of reality kind of thing, or uh, yeah, I think it, it it creates it allows people to not do what is expected. Like you can't imagine that thing happening, so you just can't allow it to happen. It's like almost a probability affecting the gator power. I think that this would actually be very deep and tragic. It would be <laughs> someone who is well, the you in this universe would be like some sort of like aspiring like political or celebrity figure someone Ooh. who is like very inspirational and yeah, stuff and is I always like, about like you know set your eyes on the horizon you know you can see the world ahead of you and there's a world of possibility and stuff and then when the negator ability kicks in it negates your ability to see the positives or negates the ability of people around you to see the positives they no longer believe <gasps> in that shining example uh, of what you can accomplish and so you lose out on this opportunity to like you know improve the world because all the people you're trying to help they can't see the potential benefits to anything anymore so they don't have hope to to actually try and do stuff and then my cat gets crushed by an anvil <laughs> yeah because because of all of that the anti-anvil uh defense network <laughs> that you oh were no we, we spent so long putting that task force together they disbanded and so all the anvils you're gonna test it on they all fall on all the cats oh no i hate this <laughs> oh what a tragedy uh, that was that was a really interesting uh, 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 question. I like that. Uh, but we got uh, a, a third one from Ota, uh, which is take one of your favorite manga series and make one change to turn it into absolute dog shit. Uh, and uh, it's cheating if you put in a creep or a, or a syscon, so don't do that. So. <laughs> take one of our favorite series and make it absolute dog shit. I could do this very easily because uh, we've made reference to it multiple times already. I show 21. Uh, you have sent us start off by being Etchison and he's just auto automatically perfect and he doesn't mm -hmm. have any inferiority complexes to work through. He doesn't have anything about needing to prove himself to people and prove that the lies turn the lies into truth. He doesn't have problem making friends and stuff. He's just an American asshole who wins all the time and that's it. Yeah. Ruined. Yeah, that could be pretty bad. Um, I think this is oh, this feels mean, but in a similar way that it feels like it could have ruined another series with a similar premise. Uh, if you just put a romantic relationship with Akane and one of her male sort of like senpai characters, I think that character takes a real big downturn. Ooh, yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> And I guess that is a little bit of going for the creepy angle, but I'm not it's... I'm not saying it has to be one of like the 70 year old men or whatever who exists right. in that series. But even even her getting together with like one of the like uh, senpais like at her level or whatever that I feel like right. that like really... like even like Kaisei, even, yeah. you know, someone who's just like a couple years older. Is like, yeah. <laughs> uh, OK, yeah. All right. I'm happy with that. All right, so we got here. Or rather, um, I'm unhappy with that, which I guess is the point of the question. <laughs> it's all about our displeasure. Uh, so we got a question here from Naf4. It says, Dear Quinn, we know WMR has had its problems in the past with hosts not being able to make the show because of their pesky mortality. So to address this problem, I've developed and NickBot3000 programmed for snark loading catalog Akane Banashi 
Black Clover, Boruto, Toe, Toe, Error, Kill, Kill. That was a whole. I mean, it's a stunning, like it's a stunning likeness. I gotta say, uh, <laughs> Nick's like, so I don't need to show up next week, then, right? Yeah, this is bad. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> so a few months ago, I read the chapter where Law and his crew got the gender virus, and I thought, this oh is, yeah, this is. I forget about this all the time. This is something someone with a transformation fetish would write, and I went, oh shit, Oda has a transformation fetish. I really felt stupid because it's not like it's been subtle about it throughout his career. An entire third of his double fruits focus on furry transformation. So my question in relation is this. Has it ever taken you way longer to realize something that it should have? Not like an incident that happened to you one day, but something that took you like months or years to realize. Uh, definitely. Um, I, um, what was the thing? And it's about like all sorts of different things. Like, as I've gotten more, uh, you know, aware of the fact that I was, you know, raised as a, you know, upper middle income white guy, uh, <laughs> it, I have it, I've come to slowly realize like certain things just in my regular life, you know, just are that way. The really weird ones are when I realize like certain terminology is bad. Like when I realize like, wait a minute. Does does to be gypped come from the fact that people were mistrusting of gypsies? I was like, oh, my God, it is. Fuck. <laughs> a lot of my vernacular interactions every day is saying to turn a phrase and then being like, is that problematic? <laughs> I just like I start to analyze it again. Uh, it took me forever because like I, I, I was like, oh, there's such a shyster. And I was like, oh, that must be a slur. That must be. I, I, I searched for so long to be like, is shyster a slur? And I think it's not, but I'm ready to be proven wrong because it just God. sounds wrong. Right. Uh, um, so there, there is that. Uh, but there are also like uh, certain things that I'll, I will realize about like, Oh, gosh, I'm trying to remember like one that's like, you know, a design element about something. Uh, honestly, like there will be like Yu-Gi-Oh cards that I'll look at uh, after just having seen them thousands of thousands of times and be like, wait a minute. The the marionette and magical marionette isn't the guy in the background controlling the puppet. It is the puppet. That's the marionette. And that's the puppeteer. <laughs> uh you know, dumb there. So it goes from very innocuous and dumb like that to, yeah, realizing that entire elements of how I talk <laughs> have problematic origins. Yes. So, uh, has it ever taken you way longer to realize something that it should have? Uh, I'm trans and I didn't start transitioning until I was 31 years old. So, yes, yes, it did. Um, thank you. Yeah. On that note, <laughs> thank you. Uh, on that note, and since I brought up transformation fetish, I'm a big fan of the author Jack Chalker, an author I like to refer to as one of sci-fi's weird uncles. He was a well-liked and popular writer among those who read him. He made some good stuff, uh, but like the weird fun uncle you have, it's kind of awkward to bring him up because you had to discuss what he does for a living. All of his really notable right. novels involve some level of transformation to varying degrees because you could tell it's just his fetish. Uh, but sure. everything I've read from him has been rather well-written or just wild-wide that have fun being weird, but I can't casually recommend him to people because I know I'd get weird uh, weird looks and if I had to describe any of his books in details. So, 
where I'm going with this, have you ever, ever had a similar problem to this? Is there a piece of media or creator you love but are anxious of recommending to others because you feel like you'll be judged or you just want to avoid the awkward looks? This yes. is my experience with almost all manga to a non-manga yeah. audience. Even to get into that level. <sighs> I'm not going to give any details on this. I'm going to keep this incredibly vague in terms of timelines and everything else. There is an adult game that I have played at some point. Acre and I'm the, talking about Acre like, the Acrobat. No. Okay. Uh, an adult. We're, an narr adult like, we're narrowing it down. <laughs> an adult computer game okay. that it featured sexual content that I think that even outside of the adult content is worth like checking out because the story in the game is actually kind of really good but because of the nature of said game I have never discussed it outside of a group of incredibly close friends who share the interest in it specifically so Yes. <laughs> the Nick's like, this thing's great, but I don't trust any of you motherfuckers, so you're never going to know. None of you. So, yeah, there you go. Um, Yeah, I think that's just the thing. It's like, I don't know, wrestling is hard to recommend. Uh, some video games can be extremely All you're trying to guess it. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> you're not going to guess it. Even if you do guess it, I'm not going to give you any confirmation. This is this is like your your fan fiction account all over again. Exactly. Yeah. You're never gonna find. I will sooner share that than I will share what this game is. Wow. <laughs> will you tell me off, Mike? Sure. Oh wow. Okay. I really expected you to be like no. This is going to my grave. <laughs> um. I, uh, this is actually before we move on. I do want to talk. Do you think Oda has a transformation fetish? I. Never really think, picked up on that myself. I but I'm also that, not into transformation stuff, so I don't really know what it would look right. like. Right. If you're not into it, maybe you don't know the signs in terms of that. So, I don't know. Maybe it appears to be more obvious to someone who is into that kind of thing. I've seen, like, some for kink transformation artwork before. And when I look at it, I just go, like, well, yeah, that 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 the person with that figure turned into that differently shaped thing. Okay. I guess if you're into it, cool. <laughs> you know, so I don't know what to watch out for. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, uh, even though I've seen all these transformations that he has, yes, drawn. Um, may, could he? Yes. But also he might just think it's funny because yeah, he's Oda. <laughs> that's, that's the tough thing is like how much of it is Oda intentionally doing something and how much it is of just being like, the small thing is big now. <laughs> and then he puts you know, it in his manga. You know, like it's, it's like at this, there's all sorts of stuff where it's like, you know, you look at, you know, certain characters that he is featured where it's like, Oh, Oda seems like a pretty, you know, tolerant guy. Uh, but I don't think he really gets it in, in a lot of senses. I think that he just, you know, likes, you know, people being weird and different from each other. I don't know if he has a specific political inclinations associated with a lot of different levels of tolerance beyond the very obvious. Don't be a racist. So, yeah. 
happens. Hard to tell. Well said. All right, Nick, you're up. Next up is from Molderman. Hiya, Nick. Hiya, Quinn. Uh, as you might know, Manga Plus has gotten some great exclusive series. A lot of them get released on Tuesday. It's gotten to the point where many Discord users refer to them as the Tuesday Manga. And there are weeks where they give the Shonen Jump titles a series run for their money. So based on nothing but the title, what do you think of the fo- the following Tuesday Manga Plus series are about? Okay, so... <laughs> we're just going to, I guess... We're yes, make, with no make, context. Make assumption. Now, I'll, I'll note, I do have context for the first one. I, I don't know if okay. I could tell you what it's about, but I think I could tell you the ballpark. So I'll, I'll let you go uh, first. Yeah, first one is Marriage Toxin. Uh, a one word, all caps. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine that there has to be some sort of marriage involved. Uh I don't know if it is a comedy or if it is very distressing, though. Like, it can only be one of those two, I feel like. From what I think this series is, it it's it's about someone. It's about, like, kind of bad people and a guy. I don't know if it's a guy who has multiple wives or just multiple different relationships. There's, there's multiple women, I think, because I feel like I've heard people talk about, like, this new girl has come in or like this new person they're talking about or something like that. And I guess there's just like a level of badness to some of these people, but like in a kind of fun way, I don't feel like people are talking about it in like a very dramatic way. And I could be very, very wrong about that. Do you want to like uh, do a thing where I'll like look up like uh, the plot synopsis after we make our guesses and we can see how accurate we are. Sure. Okay. So th- I'm just going off of the Wikipedia for this real, real quick. Um, all right. Uh, plot summary: Hikaru Ge- Ge- Hikaru Jiro Gero Hikaru Gero is a young man from the Poison Clan of professional assassins, which has been in existence for hundreds of years. Because he deals with the dark side of society and has never lived a normal life, he considers himself to have no prospects with women and no interest in marriage. But one day, the Poison Clan states that if he does not marry and produce an heir to carry on their lineage, they will force his sister into bearing a child against her wishes. Wanting to save his younger sister from such a fate, Jero asked one of his assassination targets to marry him. When the cross-dressing marriage swindler Smei Kinosaki declines, he instead has Kinosaki train him to date and how to appeal to women with the goal of finding someone he truly wants to marry. I feel like I was relatively on, on like, on not on point, but I was in the ballpark. That's a lot. <laughs> Um, all right. Next is the manga series Diamond in the Rough. Uh, this obviously is the manga adaptation of the Disney Aladdin movie. Come on, guys. The diamond in the diamond in the rough. I think alternatively, this is a baseball manga where you're diamond, like a baseball diamond. And the rough is because all of the players are beast people. Furries, you could say. There's a little mm. sex in this one. There's just a little sex. Not a lot, but there's a little tasteful amounts of sex in this one. Okay, good to know. All right, here's the, the plot summary. This wasn't on Come Wikipedia. On, so baseball. I'm, Come on, yeah. baseball. <laughs> I had to go on Jump Fandom because Wikipedia didn't actually have a plot summary. Uh, 
plot, a world where stone is at the center. Akaboshi, an ore craftsman, visits an underground village and meets a boy whose left foot is petrified. Is the boy's, the boy's close to find the man with the three-line piercing, but he holds a secret. The two of them set off on a journey to save his family. By playing baseball. There you oh, go. yeah! Two for two! <laughs> uh, well, that's unfortunate. I think I think there was real potential with my version of Diamond in the I Rock. think you're right. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. Get I the agree. right artist for it. I'm going to take <laughs> off. Beastars is very popular, and there's like no animal sex in that until the end. Uh, next up is Make the Exorcist Fall in Love. This has got to be some sort of like romantic comedy series right like there is no way that it's not right let's see can i find a way to interpret this title in a way that's not just yeah some exorcist romantic comedy sort of thing um make no the exorcist fall in love what if it is about uh a really big hole think like bottomless trap hole from Yu-Gi-Oh, but there is a bottom <laughs> And at the bottom is like a new culture of people. So the idea is to make the exorcist fall in love. You just keep pushing him down this hole <laughs> deeper and deeper until he finds somebody he can truly love. And that's how we make them fall in love. Also, some baseball gets <laughs> part of the way through. Just as a way to like break up some time, you know, get some levity in there. Yeah, you know, you got to have a th- yeah, when when the, when the series is like, oh, man, I got to get like three more volumes out of this in order to make my contract. All right, just throw another baseball. They got to do a baseball episode. Come on. Dragon Ball did a baseball episode. Jujutsu Kaisen did one. The actual plot summary centers around a nameless priest who from birth has been trained and abused by the Catholic Church to defeat demons the point that he followed the bible literally and cast his eye out while fighting the demon of lust advised by his mentor that he is too self-sacrificial the church receives a message from satan saying that he intends for the curate creator of the gallery of evil to visit him in gehenna the gallery of evil turns out to be an art exhibition featuring demons falling in love and is tasked by the church to protect imuri atsuki the artist from satan's minions imuri is kind and loving towards the priest but this is because imuri it's a secret. Doesn't All mention right. anything about a hole. I don't know, like a big hole they get pushed down at any point. Uh, no, but there is a mention of baseball. Oh, uh, so, damn. Uh, All right. Well, I'll give myself one. It's two and a half. <laughs> two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. Next is Ma- M- M- Magic Lumiere Co. Limited. Uh, so this is uh, obviously the spinoff of uh, Beauty and the Beast, the Disney movie, where uh, uh, Lumiere uh, mm. has a establishes his own company. Um, <laughs> he establishes an LLC, but he doesn't call it that. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he does not underta- understand the business terms that he's signing contracts for. He just likes to, he just goes for the one that sounds the fanciest. He's like, oh, I am an NSC now. I can buy anything I want it right at all. I want a hundred escargots. And uh, one of those, how you say, baseballs. How have you made Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast even Frencher? This doesn't seem like it should be possible. Uh, should we just go straight to the summary? Is that are you are you yeah. co-signing my summary? Yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm going to go on board with you on that. 
All right. The story takes place in a world where being a magical girl is a popular profession that involves exterminating mysterious creatures called Kai. New college graduate Kana Sakuragi, who is struggling with job hunting, is able to put her excellent memory to use and helps magical girl Koshigaya exterminate Akai in an emergency. Happy she has finally been useful, Sakuragi ends up becoming the second magical girl at Majulumiere, the magical girl startup company that Koshigaya works at. In addition to the prodigy Koshigaya, Majulumiere is composed of its president Koji Shigemoto, a middle-aged man who dresses as a magical girl. Kaede Midorikawa, who deals with customers, and magic engineer Kazuo Nikoyama. Okay. So it's apparently a satire series. I can get on board with that. Sounds somewhat interesting. Sounds interesting. And last but not least on the list that uh, Mulder Man has offered us to guess the summary, Hokkaido gals are super adorable. Okay. So the hook in this one it's obviously you're like, oh, it's a like it's like a romantic comedy, maybe like a harem series about a bunch of Hokkaido girls or something like that. It's not actually. Uh, it's about these uh, Hokkaido girls who are super adorable. Keyword on super. That's right. These girls fight crime. There is a world ending threat coming. And these pe- these young ladies have to use their powers to help stop it. Because there is no one left in this world to stop what is coming for it. There is a threat coming that no one else, no army, even all the armies combined, they, they, they stand no chance against. But these girls are our last best defense against this threat. Also, this is a world where baseball has never been invented. There is nothing. This is a dour, serious manga devoid of any joy. This is a very deep cut you're making right now. Uh, okay, so the uh, the actual summary is that it's about a guy who goes to Hokkaido and meets a a, a, a gyaru girl uh, named Minami Fuyuki, uh, who takes a liking to him, and uh, he finds her he, he finds her really attractive, and it's a cutesy romantic comedy series. Yeah, I guess that's good too. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Well, no mention you. of ba- no no mention of baseball, which could mean you're exactly right yeah. about baseball not existing. <laughs> Do, so. Does it mean that my uh, my suggestion was wrong? So. Uh, questions, Boulderman. Uh, Ota has a question here. Dear Nicosi and Quinosi, always great. Damn it. Which one do you like better, Nicosi or Quinosi? I'm not going to answer that question. Okay. <laughs> In light of the recent disaster that was the Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. Oh anime. my god. Oh, I tried watching that. Oh, it was so bad. <laughs> are, are there any manga you love that you hope never get adapted? <laughs> um... Ooh, I. If we're talking about like the same level of quality, because and thinking that that might happen because of like the level of popularity that the series has, probably like Tepu. Like, if Tepu got adapted to that level, I would be horrified. It <laughs> just, it was so bad. It was so bad. It like all of the best scenes from that manga had no impact that that you know that like first major like character death that's like heartbreaking and like oh man i just got to know this guy and now he's dead no impact in the anime it's just like well that happened it's terrible that's a bummer um series i definitely would not want to at that point I think of a manga I have that like never has gotten any kind of adaptation whatsoever. 
That's tough. Most of the stuff mm-hmm. I I've read has adaptations, like the stuff I remember. Um, I'm gonna say I hope at some point that uh, uh, like Akane Banashi, if it's gonna get that level, does it get? I feel like you def. That's a series that I feel like you need to kind of figure out the right way to execute that. Ooh, or uh, p p p p p. If it was going to get a bad adaptation, like someone was like, I want to do this thing. It's like, do you have an idea on how you want to do it? Because this, this is a little spicy of a prospect to, to make one of. Something like that. Uh, there are continuations of that question. Since you guys aren't super anime people, any manga that you think can't be adapted to anime, like it just won't work in any other medium. Uh, well... I'm kind of inspired by the thing that is followed up on here. I think that honestly, PPP, PPP, the visual style would be really weird to see in anime. I think mm-hmm. that as bizarre as it is that like, you know, a medium without sound having a story that prominently features music being adapted to one of the problems that would probably feature music would probably ruin the adaptation. The visuals are just like too weird and too striking in still form that i think that seeing it animated you would have to completely change what the visuals actually are in order for it to work yeah i agree uh question two pbbbbb is back pokey 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 pokemon just to save time make it more fair nick choose a random pokemon and make a pbbbbb puzzle for quinn to solve i know you don't know too much but do your best what the fuck, dude? That's like not cool. Uh, <laughs> Nick, just do it. Just come up with the puzzle on the spot. I I fortunately read ahead in order to see this, so I do have something prepared. <gasps> okay, this is gonna be kind of easy, but remember, I came up with this in less than a minute. So, <laughs> purple Zapdos. Pur- no purple <laughs> poltergeist with parted palms plays pranks. Oh, it's Haunter. That's Haunter, baby. That's Haunter with his big old tongue. <laughs> good good one there. Now, uh, audience, it's up to you to do the rest. Send us a whole bunch. You get no money for it. And we uh, will read it on air, but with our mics muted. So you'll just see our reactions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's content right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about being innovative. <laughs> innovative is a synonym for stupid, right? all right we have a string of questions here from now for dear nick ah it's good to be back what the hell happened here and quinn throwing away the still smoking head of nickbot 3000 don't worry i handled it i asked it why bowling for soup did a cover of iran for the opening of the saint Seiya in 2003 (laughs) uh Yes, th- both of these emails were, in fact, an excuse to do a callback to the 10 Worst Step Openings bonus episode. Speaking of which, are there any bonus episodes you've done that you want to do a sort of sequel episode to, such as 10 more Worst Step Openings? Uh, first off, that was not the Worst Step Openings. That was the best yeah. Step Openings. If you recall, you. <laughs> Great Ideas was there, and uh, he had a lot to say. Um. It, it, it basically like are there any like you know lists that we've done that we want to do a rehash of sure um i think we we like to do different spins on things usually yeah so i think there's a difference between like being like oh 
I wonder if I redid my top 10 villains list, would I put new people on it? Right. Or, like, can I find a way to, like, narrow it down or change it up or whatever? I think the only one I've ever come close to really being, like, this is, like, a direct sequel to is instead of doing the top 10 anime openings, because we did that, uh, doing, like, top 10 anime songs, like, character mm-hmm. themes or something like that. Yeah, I've, I've thought about doing that. You like, uh, I think I proposed at one point, like, oh, like top ten, like, yeah, soundtrack songs or insert songs or something. Yeah, because uh, there's some very good stuff that's not the opening or ending of, of uh, the anime. So, uh, uh, since we're talking sort of sequels, here's something that kind of led off from my question about good but awkward to talk about writers. Is there a writer creator that you have a low opinion about, but it was has surprised you with making something that you find genuinely excellent? For me, it is Hiroya Oku, the creator of Gantz. Besides some legitimately good moments the series had where it wasn't being as edge lordy as possible, he also made Inuyashiki, a series about an old man becoming cyborg Jesus while a teenager becomes a sci-fi slasher killer. While there are some edgelord moments early on, it becomes a genuinely mature, thoughtful, and at times heartwarming series as it goes on. So, of course, it got canceled before it could fully finish its story because the audience that read Gans wasn't interested in the series that only had one set of tits early on. <laughs> so, Oku went on to write a series about a porn star who turns to a naked giant to fight kaiju. Fucking goddamn it. I know that you're accurate about that, too. <laughs> um, I guess the easy answer is hero who we shit on constantly but early fairy tale and a couple times throughout rave master did legitimately i think just tell exciting stories that got me like intrigued like looking back i don't think there's anything i'm like oh wow the storytelling here is incredible um but like genuinely had me like kind of excited for most of his characters and the worlds he was building um but I still feel like that's too much of the easy answer. Like, Hero writes 20 dog shit stories for every one kind of good one he has at this point. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Almost in a way, Naruto. <laughs> Where it's like, I, my opinion of Kishimoto just keeps sinking lower as time goes on. Yes, he like, keeps on coming up with worse ideas. <laughs> this is like every time I read it, like I'm just like, damn, this guy is fucking garbage. But at the same time, like, Tuna Exam was pretty lit. That was a pretty fucking. Good- <laughs> <laughs> uh,. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like there have been some series that we've covered where it's like, you know, hey, you know, when, uh, when, when, like, uh, a mangaka who's you know first series like fail, they come out with a, a new one. And it's like, oh yeah, I like that new one better. But it's like, eh, it's usually not something where it's like I'm super into like, oh, this one's like really, really, really good though. Um, so I don't feel like I have a good answer for this, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Um, I guess that's the opposite to Ninja's pointing out with Kishimoto, and that I was genuinely excited by that author, mm-hmm. and then didn't really get surprised by it. I was just right, disappointed right, right. as I was like, "This right. is this sucks." Uh, and as a last question from now for uh, since we're on Gantz, did it ever get brought up as a topic for Sadistic September? You guys have mentioned that you were running out of ideas for series, but you've never brought it up in the context of the event. Is it because you feel like both of you have discussed yours with the series enough before? Or do you think it's just a sliver too good for Sadistic September? It's not that one. It's not that one. <laughs> it's not that it's one. Not, 
it's look, there are some good bits to Gans. There are some good bits to Gans, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it is a dirge of, as you put it already, edgelordy bullshit with absurd amounts of just death and violent gratuitous manner for the sake of it without actually like saying anything. There are people who have sex who get killed because then you get the twofer of tits and then death at the same time. Uh, There is a scene where the most evil motherfucker in the series, uh, in order to go to the Gantz world, decides, you know, he needs to just kill a bunch of people and die while doing so. But to do that, he decides to disguise himself as a black man for some reason. Like, it's just a mean gross series for so much of it uh and there are small little moments of hope here and there and then it turns out that the reason everything is happening is because the group of the alien invading force is all just a bunch of stupid assholes like it's not that's that's the it that's all you need to know and it's not worth discussing in great detail it's not worth dissecting for an hour to talk about why it's bad so that's why I, i've never thought that we should do it for statistics september uh the only time i've ever really considered being like oh i want to talk about gantz again is i had an idea to do a top 10 dumbest characters in manga list uh and uh, one of the I, one of the people on it was going to be like the American soldiers from Biomeat who show up to be like, we have to kill this thing. And they're like, oh, look at this little guy. This is a little. Oh, my God, it's killing us. And I, the other thing I wanted to put on the list is in the later thing in Gantz where like the aliens that come to the uh, or the monsters that come to the world are aliens. And they they're like, hey, why don't you come up into our ship? We're going to put you in these cages. You don't just fly up there. And there's a bunch of people who are so excited to visit the aliens and are all singing the One Piece theme song. I'm like, you dumb motherfuckers are all going to die. Also, this dude hates One Piece for some reason. It becomes like a weird thing where he's like, no, my characters who like One Piece die or are wrong or are bad guys. That's the only thing. And now that I've talked about it, I don't need to do it anymore. Now it's gone. Every bit that I want to discuss of Gantz has been released into the ether. Yeah, we do occasionally we have occasionally chatted about it, and I think we've had plenty of opportunities to get our thoughts out about it. We don't need to do it to, uh, for Statistics September. We watched like that one Gantz movie and had a good uh, long talk about what we were commentating over it a few years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Yeah. So, no, no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, dear uh, Nick and Quinn, this is from Zelhon. Zelihon? Uh, I guess. Oh no! New Phyrexia's Realm Breaker tree has just burst into the Shonen Jump plane. Now, as the current March of the Mar- March of the Machine spoilers show, unlikely pairs of characters from different series are going to have to team up on a single card to resist them. Which pairs of characters from different series are you picking to fight off Phyrexians, and what stats or abilities are you giving them? Uh, so this this is a big magic thing to explain to Nick. So protection uh, protection from black um that can be that's a big ability but you can't give it to a creature um so the concept was there was uh magic has a multiverse uh but the bad guys for a set were like we want to invade all the realms because we're tired of just (laughs) invading ours and being the leaders of it so we're gonna invade all of them so all these planes that we know basically had heroes and villains of the set sort of team up because it was like it's all we're against these people we have to uh, this version says any from different series, uh, which you could do, 
But I think the the part of the the joy of the team up cards were that they were characters who live in the same world and just would never interact before, like Thalia and the Gitrog monster. Thalia is just like a night lady who protects people from monsters, and the Gitrog monster is just a big ass frog. <laughs> he hates people. Uh, so, um, let me let me let me sit here and think because I think there'd be some. So interesting the point. Ones. So the point is the the point is characters who you would never see interacting normally are yeah. forced to interact team up. Yes, that's. Okay, so never in a million years would you think that they would actually willingly meet up and, and interact with each other. Yeah, so I think like... So, th- so Mashiro and Azuki are going to be my first uh, pick. Uh, <laughs> they're forced to actually uh, meet with each other instead before they, you know, do their dumb plan to uh, both achieve their outlandish career goals before they ever so much as go on a date together. Wow, uh, and- it would because this is a threat to their entire existence. They would have to work together. Yeah. They they get they jump in the Ferrari or whatever, and uh, so they've got I don't know haste. I guess that's the thing. Yeah, they've got haste because they actually have to move their relationship. Yeah, they they have haste, uh, and then uh, they have an activated ability that sacrifices them so they can go different places again. They're like, how are we gonna go? <laughs> like the second the fight is over, boom, gone. And it just it, it just in, in, in its place it summons two one one tokens that have no abilities <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that can't attack together. Like if one attacks, the other one has to stay back. Basically, yeah, that's like, right. They, they have to be separate. <laughs> um, there's a whole bunch. I feel like you could come up with this for every single thing, like twice and and hawks or something like that. It doesn't even have to necessarily be rivals or anything like that, but just like two characters that wouldn't interact. And I think you could come up with like interesting abilities for him twice of course just be a bunch of cloning effects and i don't know you get the hawks because he has wings you could just do like an aura shards effect on it as well that is quite literally how the cards themselves in the game were created was they just took two cards that basically existed already and just pushed them together they are like they are not synergistic with each other they just have two completely contrary abilities at times um, gotcha. Twice and Ox did interact. It's not a hundred percent. These characters never interacted in the match gathering thing. Like one of the examples is Kuderos, who is essentially Cerberus, and one of the Titans he's supposed to be keeping in the underworld. They have to work together. This, this is how bad things are, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's like if one of them is like, oh, this this the uh, this uh, this unit has a haste, and also it's a wall. <laughs> yeah, it would have haste and defender. I, I mean, you say this jokingly. There is not a card that is that specifically, but there are a bunch of cards that just have all their keywords combined. <laughs> it's just gotcha, gotcha. It's a lot of keyword soup sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. Also, who from the various series are secret Phyrexian sleeper agents and or get completed during the invasion? So from what Magic the Gathering told me, the only characters who got completed were a Johnny and then a... Uh, no, I guess Jace and Nissa also get completed, but most of the people who get completed are random nobodies. <laughs> who, like... You're like, no, not Luca, I guess. <laughs> like, oh, no! Uh, Tybalt, my oh, favorite. Oh, no. Uh, Rebecca, not Rebecca. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the kind of energy we're going for here. Like, no, no, not the two people who guard the water temple. They're, they're, I love them so much. Dance lady and and what's his face? Kahono. Sure. Oh no, my favorites. Um. Yeah, you just find one of those. 
Each series, they're, they're the ones. Vicious. Uh, and then finally, whose spark awakens due to these events to become planeswalkers? Uh, only one character spark awoke during uh, March of the Machines is Quintorius, who was like a student at a magical school. Um, this needs to be like one weird little guy. One weird little guy transforms. Uh... One weird little guy. One okay. weird little shonen manga guy. Uh, okay. Uh, Gula from uh, <laughs> Makucha. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Gula. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Zonzige. Zonzige. Zonzige, yeah. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> uh, P.S. Now that March of the Machines is out, are we going to get an as explained by manga for the new Phyrexian saga as we did? With War of the Spark. I feel like... I thought we did do that, but I guess the War of the Spark one is just what I'm thinking of, and that was a really long time ago. Um, I think we missed our opportunity to do that, since now it's done. Uh, Part of the anticipation with War of the Spark was like, Nick, who knows what's going to happen? And then, like, afterwards, like, actually, it wasn't that good. And now I have that same feeling with this, where I'm like, it's this big multiversal event. Actually, it's not very good. And the set that was supposed to be a resolution set is dog shit. One of the worst sets of all time. (laughs) From a narrative, from a financial, every standpoint, mechanical, just dog shit. But that manga was good. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, we wouldn't have known who the Emperor was without it. The Wandering Emperor. I still don't know who the Emperor is. So, (laughs) All right, so... (laughs) uh, This uh, question is not signed, so... Hey, Quinn, did you ever find... (laughs) This is a deep cut. This is an extraordinarily deep cut. This is somebody who's been listening to me for, like, probably, like, 12-plus years. Hey, Quinn, did you ever find out that song that played during the highlight package of the match between the New York Giants and the Carolina Panthers in the 2008 season? For context, I'm a big New York Giants fan. The 2008 season, they were doing really well. And every week on NFL.com, they would take what was considered like the most significant game and they would give like a full video package to them. And there was a game between the New York Giants and the Carolina Panthers at the end of the season where the Giants were starting to look a little rough. Uh, and they had a big statement game where their uh, their various different running backs all combined for an obscene number of yards, and it had a really cool song they played. It's also where I I, I picked up the term uh, yeoman's work because that was like the call that kind of ends it to like the New York Giants O line putting in yeoman's work. Uh, I've never been able to find that song, and I don't think you can even find the video anymore. Uh, I don't know if this person said like posted this on the idea. That they're like, I have it for you. Here it is. I'd be so excited, but I, I, I truly don't even know if you could find this video anymore. Gotcha. I have a shiny so, nickel so, uh, for the first person who does, though. Yeah, that's right. That's our bounty, a shiny nickel, specifically a shiny one. So. Oh, God, I'm going to have to get polished. Why the fuck did I make that stupid promise? <laughs> uh, I'll go ahead and do the next one, too, since that was really quick. Uh, so from Ota, Dear Quinnick. A few questions today. Number one, I've had fusion on my mind recently and decided it's basically always cool. Uh, not always the case. A lot of the really early Yu-Gi-Oh! fusion monsters are dog shit. Uh, Whoa, it, flame swordsman, Nick. Don't don't put those words in his mouth. I, I'm not even ta- I'm talking about Cyber cards. Commando. Or yes. No, <laughs> yes, that is one of them. <laughs> All right. I think Cyber Commando actually 
fuses into it. Yeah, I was gonna say there is some like poop fucking fusion card that's like eight hundred power or something like that with no effects. You're like, why would well, I do like, this? It's like fusionist. Oh, it's it's shit monster and other shit monster, and then when you fuse it, it's like it's got twelve hundred attack. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck this. Uh in manga and anime, what are your favorite examples of fusion? Uh, robots combining or technical fusions like magneton also count. So any th- any like two or more things becoming one thing. Uh, good examples of that. Um, I I'll, I'll be honest. I love and this is like a a thing that I've been just like regarding over the years. I have come to love magnemite and the magnemite line and magneton mm-hmm. in particular. I think is super cool. Like that card is like or Pokemon is like slowly creeping up the ranks of like a top five. Um, hmm. robots combining. I do just like fusions of things. Like yeah. When they take Any two, two things aspects, becoming one thing. Yeah. yeah. It's usually pretty cool. I don't have that for robots per se. Transforming robots. have never done a ton for me. Hmm. Um, so I don't know if I have that per se, but like, the DNA fusions and Digimon were pretty cool. Um, hmm. I just have more fusions. Dragon Ball has fusions, but they're all the same to me. They're all just like the same generic looking person with a different name. And I'm supposed to remember which one's which. I don't remember when it's Gogito and when it's fucking Voku or whatever. Like, I don't I don't know the difference between them. <laughs> Uh, one of them is when they use the Patara earrings to fuse, and one of them is when they do the fusion dance. I just don't remember which one's which, and I, I'm not going to. I refuse. Okay. Adamantly, I gotcha. put my foot down. Okay, I'm not going to. You can't hear it, so. but I'm stomping right now. Okay, I believe you. I believe you. Uh, also, a little shout out to the one time that uh, Frankie led the Straw Hats to do their uh, their their fusion thing, where they it was basically Usopp and Chopper and him being really happy about being a robot while. Frankie stood on Zoro and Sanji's shoulders, and then Robin refused to beat the other arm because she thought it was really, really embarrassing. And that's just, and that was the end of that. But it was funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, I do like Replica Rabbit throughout Zoids. Zoids was pretty cool. That was like not fusion per se, but they added like extra stuff to Liger every so often. They'd be like, mm-hmm. Liger, this mode, and then get like extra little stuff. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Schneider. I think was one of them. The one that had all the blades and stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's a second question here. I've also been thinking of crossovers and how much I don't like those. So name one of the best and one of the worst crossovers you can think of. Uh, Smash Brothers. Yeah. And Smash Brothers. And Smash, and Smash Brothers, honestly. Some of those <laughs> are not as fun as others to play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Smash Brothers is a great example um i mean there's there's so many bad crossovers in in carrying with their theme of the episode of fighting games there's so many bad crossover fighting games tekken street fighter is absolutely awful um the last marvel vs. capcom i'll be honest i have fondness for the first two marvel vs. capcoms because i played those in the arcade Three and beyond, I do not get those games. I don't understand why people even enjoy them. Like, I saw people playing three, and I'm like, this is watching one person do a combo for 15 minutes and just killing <laughs> all three of your characters one after the other. Uh, I've got a, a, a weird story to tell 
Uh, so this is something I've, I've actually remember. I think I tweeted about it uh, when I when I managed to track it down on the internet. Um, so one of the m- most memorable fan fiction that I have ever read. It was something that I read when I was like 12 or something like that. And it was a crossover. It was a crossover of Pokemon, Digimon, and Ronmo one half. I don't know why those three together. All three. They belong. <laughs> All three. So it was just this, you know, this big, huge thing. It's like, God, when I was 12, I had so much time to read Um but there are just so many weird elements that I remember because the I, a, a big core element of it is just that like it, it combined like all the aspects and like treated them as if they all functioned together. So there was like the digital world that could be accessed from the world of Pokemon, which was also where Ranma and company all lived and stuff. And for whatever reason, Pikachu was referred to what was made the in training form of Leomon. Uh, so, so Pikachu digivolves at one point. <laughs> turns into Leomon. Sure, why not? They share so many similarities. They're both yellowish. It right. ends there. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's that's enough to go on for some people when it comes to fusions. Uh, but uh, at one point, Ash transforms into Angemon. Uh. <laughs> And this kicks off a thing where there's this like super sentai element to the series all of a sudden where basically it turns out that Ash and a bunch of his friends are the new iteration of the Digidestined quote unquote, except instead of having Digimon, they digitize and they turn into like, you know, a sentai or, you know, Ronin warrior or whatever you want to call it to it with powers based around one of the eight crests. So, like, it's Ash, Misty, Brock, Ricky, I want to say. Jesus. Richie, right? Rick, Ricky or Rich, Richie, who's I guess. The one who had, he was the one with the other Pikachu. With the other Pikachu, yeah, yes. From, from, from Indigo Plateau. James, Ranma, because it's, it's also a crossover with Ranma one half. Uh, Tracy from the Orange Islands. Uh, not Jesse. Not Jesse. <laughs> Not Jesse. Okay. Yeah, we had that, like one, we have one girl already. We don't need a second one. Jesus. The eighth one, no one would ever guess this who didn't see my thread on this when I posted about it a few years ago. It is I think her name is Jeanette, I want to say. It's a J name. It's Ash's fourth opponent in the Indigo League, the girl who had the really good bell sprout that knew judo. <laughs> For some reason, it's her. Fuck. Dude, I love fan fiction. And for, There's... and for some reason, she is Ranma's love interest, not any of his harem. <laughs> I, I fucking love fan fiction because some motherfucker out there saw that random ass character and they're like, her. I her. give a shit about her now more than anyone else in existence. I care about her. Uh, it's wild as shit. And, uh, also this is such a stupid detail for me to remember, but I think it was just so weird that it sticks out my brain. 
because it's also Rama one half, Ash also gets cursed into turning into a girl when cold water is is spread on him. And there is an entire conversation that they have to have about why Ash has such huge knockers when it on his girl form. It's such a it weird is, thing. It's just he's ten. <laughs> I was gonna say like. Ash cross-dressing has been an element of the anime before. They never stopped to be like, what giant knockers you have? That said, they did do that with James. Yes. (laughs) That one episode that was banned. But yeah. Uh, What a world. Uh, Thank you for sharing. (laughs) As far as I can remember, it was awesome when I was 10. There you go. Sounds awesome. Uh, another question here from Oda. Dear WMR, WMR Inc., you two are guest stars in the newest Scooby-Doo movie, Scooby-Doo and the Manga Mystery. Describe the mystery. What's the crime? Who's the monster? Who's the culprit? And what's the weird thing Fred's into for only this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that is such a very one of the movies thing. <laughs> they just like make, make up a characteristic because Freddy is such a bland character in the original version. So uh, uh, the, the first thing I thought of is what's Fred into for this movie? And the only thing I know is that the trap magazine or whatever. Right. I just want to keep playing into this idea. So he's a he's big into Trapper, which is the trap focused social media platform where other people all gather together to talk. It's basically Twitter, but everyone's just talking about booby traps. Okay. Yeah. 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 And that might become a plot point later on is he has to contact his trapper friends to be like, guys, how do we get out of this trap? He does like the entire sequence from uh, Galaxy Quest (laughs) where they contact all the mega nerds uh, to get Uh the inside scoop on stuff. Uh, The crime that they're investigating is uh, who canceled uh the last sayuki um <laughs> you're <laughs> really passionate it. about it i'm kind of just there for the fun time like so look at this talking dog what are we doing <laughs> i mean i guess <laughs> oh and that's the thing is that like we're we're like the the special guests uh like that like in that one series where they would get like don knots <laughs> the episode to help yeah. yeah it's it's been a rough time for scooby-doo they went through everyone at wwe and they're like i guess podcasters now i can't believe that they stopped at three honestly there's so many more no, no, they didn't stop at three they stopped at four because there were two that featured scooby-doo god what a weird time extremely uh can the monster be uh shonen jump like it's like a shonen it's like a ghost pirate that looks exactly like the shonen jump logo all right or maybe it's like mirai the robot uh from um that one mm, manga ghost, writing series. Uh, time paradox ghost rider can yes, yes. the call yeah and when we finally catch them using fred's trapper friends and we are like, who was the culprit? It's just a mirror reflecting back on us. We are the culprit. We are the reason why there is no more last. We're the reason last week it got canceled. 
And we have to live with that the rest of our life. Mystery Inc.'s like, I don't know what this means. I don't know what this We just want to stop a ghost. So they just leave and we dejectedly stare at I pull out this, like, this, like, one of those conspiracy boards. It's like, if we examine the popularity polls, as it turns out, it was actually just gradually declining over time. It just didn't catch around. There. It all makes sense now. Velma, hear- get out your su- Velma, get out your supercomputer so we <laughs> You just hear their car starting to travel. <laughs> it all makes sense. <laughs> oh man. Uh good question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fuck. We'll do- We'll do maybe one or two more, I think. Because we're I think winding down here. Uh let's go with uh Kiniku fans asks Dear Nicholas F. Time and Rolo T. Quinn, you have been struck by a bus and been sent to another world. But you're in luck. It's a world of your choice from the current recap. What world do you choose and what role will you take on? You are allowed to replace an existing character or be altogether new. Your choice. Now tell us all about how you would be the best life coach for Guck. No, oh, wait, that's a that's a different one. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, go ahead. I, so, think, I think this big part isn't part of it. So. so in my family, my dad's actually been hit by a bus before. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to imagine... <laughs> to the world of cypher academy uh and anytime that a puzzle gets presented i would i'll, I'll just be like this isn't a good code <laughs> codes are supposed to be things that let you communicate you're with one, each other you're the one contrary voice in there and you're like <laughs> this puzzle contrary. sucks and everyone's like this is why we are we don't have two male students <laughs> yeah who let the second one in and that's, I'm thirty. I'm thirty four years old. Not the issue they have. Like the second boy in, and that's how you had to survive in there. You had to pretend to go undercover. Yeah, I just, I just wear a very unconvincing wig, but you know, I refuse shave. to shave. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, you kind of grow it out a little bit. I don't. I don't try to change my voice at all. They're like, "Hey, Nicolina, what do you think about this? This puzzle sucks." Shut up, Nicolina. <laughs> no one likes you. <laughs> oh, it was pretty also, good. Also, your glasses weapon sucks. Yeah, I know. I, I never bothered to wash them. <laughs> They're just regular glasses. <laughs> My power is I can see. <laughs> see how bullshit your puzzles are. <laughs> oh, my God. But, 
All right, good. All right, good answers. Uh, question here from NinjaX3i. On a scale from one to code, how excited are you for the imminent return of Boruto? I'm not sure if I'm excited, but I do occasionally, when I check my jump app, be like, is Boruto back yet? <laughs> I did keep forgetting. I was like, when does that come back? I keep, like, it was super enjoyable how long it was gone. But now I'm like, now it's like summer's over and I'm like, fuck, back already? God damn it. This sucks. It's going to be a little bit difficult as long as we're covering new sexists, which might be for a significant period of time, because it's like, how do we do that and Boruto? Like, how do we keep up the energy for that? Uh, it's going to be a little tricky, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, all right. M- I think we can answer one more question now. <laughs> now that I see the length of this one. Uh, okay, this comes from Jay Kaginsa. Hello, good day, Nick, Liberator of Victories, Freeman, and Quinn, Hilarious Queen of Scotland, Larios. Nice, nice ones, yeah. Uh, two questions, and I apologize in advance that it would probably be very flowery and pompous. And don't, all right, we'll skip over the... the don't worry about it. First question. We all know about the unlimited possibilities which follow what-if scenarios. I did my part was wondering at one point, what if Bleach actually did end with Aizen's initial defeat at the DSI arc, with Ichigo losing his powers after all? Maybe think, how would this end have influenced the perception of Bleach compared to what we got ultimately? I think there is an interesting uh, idea behind uh, this alternative. Bleach starts with Ichigo having troublesome teenagehood, having to deal with ghosts in his free time, being somewhat of an outsider in his environment initially. What if Bleach used this to reframe his adventure by him being bothered by his otherness, only to learn to tolerate it and even actively appreciate it because it helped him to make it so many new connections he wouldn't otherwise have made, being friends with Rukia. Uh, only to draw his hero's journey to a full circle by giving up his powers for his friends and loved ones to beat Aizen and become a new person as a result, symbolically growing as an adult. Uh, so I think that there would be two very different perceptions of this. One would be uh, all the people who just kind of like lost interest in Bleach by around this time, which was a lot of people. Uh, like it's it's not me like, you know, making that up myself because of my own perceptions or anything. It is like statistical like how interest actually was dropping off on bleach around this point sales figures were decreasing ratings were down and a lot of people outside of the bleach fandom were like it's bleach over legitimately uh-huh. uh so i think if it just ended there people were like okay yeah bleach, well bleach is done maybe people would like go back to it when it ended and just you know have and be able to draw their own conclusions which would probably generally be yeah it it was at its best you know and probably like the soul society arc and it was kind of tapering off by the time that it ended uh because that final battle was very very long for people who still liked bleach at the time they will be very dissatisfied uh by the conclusion there have been all sorts of people that i've seen share the opinion of like no if it ended there there would be all sorts of stuff that we would never have found out we never would have gotten answers on this character that character there would be all these unanswered questions we never would have uh, revisited the question of the Quincy, which was definitely an open thread uh, at that point. Uh, we never would have found out like any more about, honestly, characters that we didn't find out more about anyway. Like, you know, Chad, like with his powers and stuff like, oh, he's, his powers are hollow-like and stuff. And then he just, you know, gets defeated by Noitora, and that's just kind of it. So there would, it would basically be, I think, the general perceptions that those groups have about Bleach only probably more so. 
just like, you know, instead of having the final thought of like, oh, well, you know, all the Vandenberg stuff was kind of like not as good compared to what came before it. It would be like, eh, all the stuff that was in the Eisenhardt eh, was not great, a great conclusion to the series. Whereas all the people who were really passionate about it would have been like, we need more because there, it, there's all the stuff that we didn't address. Uh, Ninja is saying that there was like an issue in the the thing. So this is not Jake Huggins' question. This is Brawla's. Uh, Jake Hogg oh. will go up as sort of our, our first one up next time. So apologies for that. Uh, to the question, uh, it feels like a lot of ways it's not that different from how it actually ended. There would still be a lot of the same complaints, which is like, oh, Chad or Hime and Uryu didn't really feel like they contributed a whole lot. And that's just that just was a problem with the series in and of itself. But there would have been just a lot of things people left in the air. Why didn't we ever get to see Shun Sui's Bankai? You know, that, that honestly would have been the biggest thing. Just why didn't we see so-and-so's Bankai? Why didn't we see this, you know? Um, but I think, like, narratively, maybe it would have made Deicide slightly less annoying because it was like, oh, this is, like, the end. It's it's why At there's so the many build-ups, yeah. yeah. Whereas now you're just like, why the fuck were there, like, 45 parts of this stupid fight? I don't understand. <laughs> So it lasted so long. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, second question: Ten years is a long time. Ten years ago, both Bleach and Naruto were still running. One Piece was at the end of Punk Hazard. Toriko, Food Wars, and Beelzebub were all running and jumped together. But ten years is also a lot of experiences and new knowledge. So here is my question: If you had the chance to speak to your ten years younger self right now. What would you tell them? It could be big things like personal important stuff, marriage, or coming out. It could be small things like spoiling Bleach and Naruto. Uh, or warn your younger selves not to be that invested into the promised Neverland. Uh, or just the information that you are still doing with WMR 10 years later. And yes, you two were already sitting on WMR back then. What would you share with them for whatever reason? Okay. So, I mean, obviously I'd go back and be like, hey transition please for the love of god yeah. there's also a lot of other personal things i would like to tell myself uh you know uh, i don't want to get sad and mopey here and stuff like that but the ability to go back in time can change a lot of like sad things that come about or whatnot uh i think i'm going to try to stick more towards like manga and things like that and i think one lesson i would tell my younger self is like don't fall into the thing where you think it's funny and good criticism just to hate something which is still a lesson I have to like remind myself on. But that's like when we started, that was kind of the thing where like just yelling at stuff was enough to be like, this is like great and solid. And I think there's a lot of good stuff I missed out on just because like the instantaneous knee jerk reaction is to be like, I want to just be mean to this. And that's in its own way funny and stuff like that. Uh, and then also I'd say One Piece hasn't ended. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how it's ending dog i can't even really spoil anything for you just appreciate frankie's design while you can and Aww. that's it they've like no what what do you mean he's so perfect now why would they change it uh i think that frankie had been redesigned already at that yeah point. i was gonna <laughs> say at this point punk has it. it's already there we <laughs> were just like you're an idiot do i get dumber in the future i'm like oh yeah the stroke yes, <laughs> <laughs> um i would tell myself uh you're going to decide you want to be an accountant don't go to that first school that is letting you in because they're just going to take your money. 
uh, stick in community college, uh, plant if you can, go to college full time and finish sooner rather than working at the same time. Uh, and yes, Nicole's the one. Uh, so <laughs> I think I may have already known that at the time we've been dating for a while, but um, in terms of minor stuff, uh, I think one of the things I would tell myself is don't pick up the loose samurai. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't, you're, you're reading it at a high point. It's like, it's, it's, you might, you, you it's might good. think that it's good about 20 chapters in, but then you're not going to be happy with it <laughs> a while later. Yeah. Eventually it uh, gets to be daunting. So, uh, and I think that, yeah, there might be some little things here and there, uh, like, you know, Hey, uh, you know, um, get those Aisho 21 uh, volumes while you can. Because uh, they're not going to be in print much longer. Uh, I think, l- again, like even that. by this point, I think they were pretty... They were, they were, they were starting to get out of print at that point. Well, Aisho 21 was at least being... Was at least... I think it was... Only just recently finished at that time. It was only... I, one of our earliest episodes of Weekly Manga Recap... Was us talking about back. the entirety of I Shield 21. Yeah, so. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, the, um, oh, and there's also just a nice note from Brawl to correct things. That's like, hey, thank you for the over 10 years and stuff. Yes, and uh, we want to thank you guys in our audience for, you know, those of you who have stuck with us for all this time and those of you who have come along the way as well. Uh, I think we are always very happy to uh, to we hear from our community uh, and we are very, very happy to have the community that we do, uh, especially seeing the way that uh, some other people who put out content out there don't get treated as sweetly as, as you guys treat us. So thank you. I think we'll be done taking Q&A for now, guys. So thank you for submitting your questions. We well, will do some we're, more. We're, keep, time, we're keeping all of them in there. We'll definitely yes, get we back and answer all these questions. So all the questions that you guys submitted for us uh, so that we would have stuff to talk about today, they're going to be even more outdated uh, when we get to the... <laughs> hey, many of the ones we read were from August when we announced That's that. True. So we're pretty good. We're doing good. Yes. Yes, we are. Guys, thank you for tuning in. We will be back with a normal episode uh, next time. Uh, is it really normal Boruto's back uh, the special episode next time another special episode uh, and I, I guess also we'll uh, start off on reading our last recommendation before we hit sadistic September for this year Mono. oh so, yeah let me, let me pull that back up guys thank you for uh, listening to the show we stream here on twitch.tv slash T Wednesdays usually starting around 7.30 to 8 eastern time uh, you can follow us on social media. You can also join us on our Discord, which will be linked wherever this is posted. If you want more Weekly Manga Recap, we post all the audio episodes, weeklymangarecap.podbean.com. It gets cross-posted over to Spotify, iTunes, all sorts of podcast feedy places. And the video version is available on youtube.com slash weeklymangarecap. The video version has an opening made for us by Milo Jack Stillitz and Wensley Dale Cheddar here. Who we do? Wensley Dale Cheddar, sorry. We'll like to thank praying that Steve Mann does occasional title cards for us. You can check out his work under Steve Mann Art wherever boobs can be drawn on the internet. Uh, if you wanted to give us a bit of uh, support to the show, we are on 
Patreon, patreon.com slash weekly manga recap. As mentioned previously, we put up bonus episodes on there for you guys to enjoy. And uh, last but not least, uh, thanks to everyone who chipped in. The Q&A stuff was all posted up on the Google Doc that is maintained by Ninja X3i, where you can also check out all sorts of statistics and stuff associated with the, as mentioned, over 10 years of history of the show. There's a lot of stuff that we've talked about, and uh, it might serve as a very helpful reference doc uh, in case you're curious about that kind of thing. There we go. <clears throat> All right, guys. That is going to do it. Uh, do you have anything you want to say? Before no. We leave? All right. No. You got nothing. You get nothing from us. No blood from this turnip. From this stone. Uh, well, hold on. I. Why, why is there a bloody turnip uh, in, this, uh, in this scenario? Oh, um... Oh, do we? Should we not talk about this on stream? Do you yeah. need to like? Okay. All right. Okay. When we get off stream, you tell me about the porn you watched, and then I'll tell you about why this 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 uh, radish is bloody or whatever. Bye. <laughs>